Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Overdrinkers. We're really doing it this month. Uh, we are having ourselves a, a good old comic book time. Uh, this is the latest in our Marvel miniseries where we are uh, covering uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe leading up to Avengers Infinity War coming at you April 27th. At the time of this recording, this is the Wednesday the 25th. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I'm joined by the lovely Diana DeMiro. Hey. And uh, we, we are going to see Infinity War tomorrow. Yeah, because Thursday night. is the new Friday. Mm-hmm. Don't even have to wait till midnight anymore, which I'm not a big fan of, but... I get to yeah. not stay out until three o'clock in the morning. There That's used to fine. be something fun about staying up late to go see it. Yeah. But now I get up early and for you, work. You get like only people that <laughs> really like had the diehard mentality to go Hell see yeah. this movie opening night. Now you just get any anybody can go. Any that, Joe Schmo yeah. that got their tickets. They get online. out of work at six PM and they're gone, yeah. Uh but this is um uh, one of the final uh, shows in our uh, miniseries. I mean, obviously, we still have Infinity War coming tomorrow, which is going to be a hot takes, uh, where we're going to be joined by uh, Jack and Robbie, Jack Kaljeski and Robert Anderson of Hot Take fame. We're going to get together and we're going to check all that out. Uh, I did an episode each with them also in this series. Uh, Diana and me, have we did uh, the Avengers in Phase 1. We did uh, Avengers Age of Ultron in Phase 2. I yep, did The yep. Incredible Hulk with Jack Kaljeski. And I did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, kind of, with uh, Robbie. Good episode. I just finished listening to that. It's a very good episode. I'm pretty proud about it. Check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, And so today, we are getting together, and we are going to be discussing Marvel Phase 3, which is a little bit bigger than the other phases, because uh, starting last year, they started, uh, or this, like, last year, 2017, they started releasing three movies a year instead of just two. And three is the magic number. And it's working out perfect. We get one in like one in like uh, like spring. We get one in summer. We get one in fall. It's working out great. This year's a little different. I think we're we're getting you know we got Black Panther already in February. We're getting Infinity War in April, and then we get Ant Man and, and the Wasp. Wasp in like June or July. Right. And then we're we're coasting all the way until uh, Captain Marvel next year. Oh, uh, Captain Marvel's not till next year. Yeah, I think it's like February next year. I think that's their and new then slots Avengers now. Four. Yeah, now the instead untitled. of releasing one in November, uh-huh. now they're going to be releasing one February, one in May, and then one in like June, July. Right. Um, so we're talking about phase three. Uh, we did not include Ant-Man in the previous uh, phase two incarnation because it came out after Age of Ultron and we were trying to keep things copesthetic. Uh, so we're going to start off with, uh, the very tail end of phase two, which is Ant-Man and then move right on into phase three. Uh, and before we go any closer, uh, move any more ahead, uh, here on Overdrinkers, we always like to have ourselves a nice tasty beverage to yeah. enjoy while we are talking about it. And we figured this is the end of a long, long road, uh, talking about Marvel movies. So we figured we just chill back with a couple Miller High Lifes, the champagne of beers. Cheers to you. Thank you, friend. Mm, mm, mm. Yum. So refreshing. So refreshing. So <laughs> refreshing to talk about refreshing our memory on movies that have come out. Uh, I mean, Ant-Man was... And I feel the best about this episode because I actually rewatched every movie before this. Yes. <laughs> Which I can't say for the first two phases, some of those were rusty, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty I'm pretty good on these. Yeah, I pretty I'm much pretty pretty psyched out. I for pretty Infinity much rewatched War. all of them. Yeah, uh, with the exception did. of Doctor Strange, but I'd seen Doctor oh, Strange I did. very recently. And you know what? 
I watched it for the both of us. That mm-hmm. was fine. Oh yeah, I, I, I recently rewatched it not too long ago, so I was like, I, I, I got it in my head. And apparently, uh, Stephen Strange is supposed to be pretty much the MVP of Infinity War, as people are talking the well, same that he's great in it. So I do love Sherlock. So I Benedict? do love I do love Mr. Benedict Smog coming mm-hmm. match. He, he's he's good. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let's kick off into it, man. Uh, we, uh, we're starting off with Ant-Man. Came out um, July of 2015, just a couple months after Age of Ultron. Okay. Uh, Edgar lo- Wright, screenplay. Edgar Wright, screenplay, also with Joe That's Cornish. so good. His, his dude. Um, Joe Cornish also uh, directed this great movie, uh, Attack the Block, which I always try oh, to I recommend to people. Oh, I still need to, to see people. that. Yeah, you got to see that movie. It's with great. With uh, people that like the John new Star Boyega. Wars. John Boyega, yeah. Mr. Finn. He's he's phenomenal in it. Like, yeah, I gotta see that. It's crazy now because anybody that watches Attack the Block is going to know, like, that's the Star Wars guy. That's John Boyega. Like, right, he's but back famous, then, but he back had no then, idea. He first showed up, and you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Because he's phenomenal. Like, <laughs> I he's love just, when that he's happens. Great. And I think all the other uh, kids in that, there's like four other kids, four They're or five British, other kids. Right? They're all just like street kids like, like that they hired locally. They're like, like skins. Like, yeah. And they're great. And he's like the only like actor in there uh, amongst them, I believe. Um, actor. Actor. Uh, so yeah, uh, sad story. Edgar Wright. This was like a big dream of his to make this movie. He wrote the script. They started going into pre-production and uh, he pretty much like cast everybody and like had like uh, all these different sets designed for everything. Like everything was going hunky-dory. And this was one of the first big... Uh, falls after like thor thor the dark world they lost um patty jenkins alan taylor came in and took over due to uh you know uh creative differences this was like the first really big one of that where it's they got really far into it and edgar wright is such a uh unique voice and talent that everybody was really excited to see what he was going to do with a marvel movie yes what happened refresh my memory i remember when this came out this was a big hullabaloo i think that you know uh, they haven't really spoken a lot about it and a lot of the things that you can find are kind of hearsay Uh, Uh, at the end of the day i'll take what edgar wright has said in interviews and he just said like we wanted to do two different things yeah i wanted to make an edgar wright movie in the marvel universe and they wanted me to make a marvel movie as edgar wright and it just wasn't linking up correctly. Okay. And it just seems like he, I think that he might have wanted to go a little bit more advantageous with it. I think his screenwriting, though, is still pretty, it's still great. pretty heavy. Yeah. There. And you can even see in some of the directing choices, because the way that the sets were designed were designed and storyboarded mainly by Edgar Wright and the pre production crew. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of cuts and edits in this movie that are like, oh, that's, that's Edgar Wright. Like, right. That, those are his editing styles that were chosen to, like, when they still shot it, they were like, well, this is the way that it's paced out in the script. So yeah. there's no other way to really do it. Uh, and they got uh, Peyton Reed to come on in and direct it. Peyton Reed, the only thing that I have really known of him beforehand is that he had done some um, comedy TV. I believe he did, like, Upright Citizens Brigade. Some oh, okay, I didn't that. know that. And his big uh, claim to fame, as far as I was concerned, was he directed Bring It On. I forgot about that. Which is a very well-directed movie. No, I definitely remember you telling me that when we were going into watching it and Mm -hmm. me being like, I don't know about that. Yes. I don't know about that. The movie is what it is. Uh, Bring It On? Yeah, and I like Bring It On. I think Bring It On is a nice little (laughs) slice of 90s like kind of comedy stuff for me. Uh, But for Ant-Man... It was was still fun. This was only the second time I watched it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not one that I've repeat viewed. I as well. Uh, Ant Man is the only Marvel movie I never, I did not see in the movie theaters when it came out. I think I did. I was very busy in uh, July of 2016. Was right around the time I started story screening. We were starting like right. pop up exhibition. I've been doing it for a couple months, and I was just very, very busy. Yeah, but uh, it features a you know slightly buffer Paul Rudd, who I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get him shirtless for one scene, real quick. Right. And everybody always looks good from the side. Like he's he's, he's also, not like full um, on front in there. He's like kind of side. Yeah, he's also doing the like side twist, which yeah, is slightly more flattering. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. He looks he looks great. Um, it's got a also teen heartthrob Michael Douglas. Yes, he does. With really good CGI at with, the beginning where he, with, yeah, like, he looks good. I, I know we're going to talk about CGI Kurt Russell, but CGI Michael Douglas is pretty fucking good. Both of them are really good. Marvel nails down. Like, I was like, wait a minute. You still get a bit of the Uncanny Valley. Wall Street. Which do you know about the Uncanny Valley? No. Uh, the Uncanny Valley is like a term that's been coined ever since they've started to like try and make people look like people, like not... Like, Why is it called the Uncanny Valley? Well, it's because it's uh, it doesn't matter. There's only so far you can go in making something look Real? uh, realistic uh, to the point where you go overboard and you enter the Uncanny Valley where it doesn't matter how accurate it looks, your brain is sure. designed to go... No, that makes sense. That's something that's not human that's pretending to be human. And it's like yeah. this predatory well, kind of thing where we automatically go on the defense and we yeah. feel uncomfortable. That comes into play a lot in artwork, like when people are painting and they're yes. trying to paint a real person. It's kind of like your brain thinks the nose looks like this, whether mm-hmm. or not it actually Exactly, does. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like we got totally. a really good versions of that are like uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and Rogue One. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Superman's upper lip in Justice League. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things in the um, world. I want to also bring up how until I consulted IMDb that I actually, in hindsight, had a good 10 minutes where I thought Peter Sarsgaard was in Ant-Man. Oh, you thought he was Darren Cross? But uh, Corey Stoll, mm-hmm. is, he's going to be my fake Peter Sarsgaard, as in he's got his Gary Busey, Nick Nolte. They're very similar. Maybe slightly thinner, a little less haggard, because mm-hmm. we watched that that uh like fake documentary on Netflix. Remember with Peter Sarsgaard? Oh, the uh, was that LSD Wormwood? Wormwood. Yeah, Wormwood. Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt like he looked a little rough in that because he he's kind of showing his stress mm-hmm. in his age. Yeah, but... that's by the uh, director that did um, Thin Blue Line. Yeah. Um, Oof. Good enough for remembering that. Yeah, I can't. can't yeah, I can't, that's okay. I can't grab it right now. But uh, and then it's got Evangeline Lilly, aka Kate from Lost, sporting mm-hmm. a bob, like a real, real tight bob haircut. Yeah, I forgot her hair was like that in this. Me too. I totally forgot about it. I'm because... Give that hair a thumbs down. No, I don't, I'm not. I'm not a fan, but I think she was trying to break away from Kate. And then in the new preview for Ant Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. she she looks like she's Kate. Got a, yeah, she's, she's got, got her, got her, her hair back, back mm-hmm. the way it was. I mean, it's just like you watch it and you're like, that's a wig. Like as a wig. You think so? Yeah. I, I go you don't think those... they just gave her a really severe haircut? I don't think anything so. Anything is possible. And, I don't know. Yeah, anything's possible in this. I mean, yeah. they made Michael Douglas look like he was in his 30s again. I get that. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's we also get a little Howard Stark at the beginning too. Right. Uh, and uh, old Peggy, but not as old as we saw her in Winter Soldier. Right. She's not withering away. They're talking in the oh, beginning. Steve. And yeah. I, I like this idea that they bring in the fact that like Ant Man had been around, but he was kind of like this, like this kind of legend, this myth. Like nobody actually believed it because there was right. barely any evidence. Yeah, because I never read any Ant Man comics, and I know going into the movie, 
that there was all this talk about whether it was going to be Scott Lang or Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who are both Ant-Mans. Right. Yeah, and the comics, Scott Lang is a dude that I think, uh, I believe, stole the uh, the Ant-Man costume and, like, was using it to, like, uh, commit, like, you know, burglaries Petty, and, stuff like, and stuff like that. And then he started, like, being a good guy. He was always a good guy. And Hank Pym was one of the uh, original, like, founders of the Avengers. Okay. It, Tony Stark has kind of taken his place as, like, the technology guy in the MCU, which, again, is a thing I like to reiterate in all these podcasts is that the MCU is, like, heavily different from the comic books, but that's really cool because I don't want to see, like, the same old, same old things. I think it's really fun that there's not just interpretations of events, but different interpretations of these characters. Like, the Steve Rogers in the movies Uh is not the Steve Rogers from the comics. They're very different characters, and I love Chris Evans' Steve Rogers. That's kind of good because then I feel like, you know... Whenever you're doing, like, a book to film, there's always room for being disappointed. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, same with you reading the comics. If it's not exactly the same, then that kind of allows you a little bit of freedom to just, like, really enjoy it without yeah. it being, like, totally critical every five minutes mm-hmm. about it not being exactly the same. Yeah, and I think that's something that, like, the Marvel, like, Think Tank and uh, Kevin Feig and everything, like, they've really kind of come together and realized, like, through... You know, they didn't have rights to all the characters yeah. at first and everything like that. And so they had to kind of go through these things and figure out, well, how do we want to do this? Like right. Guardians of the Galaxy is the perfect one. Like those movies are not like the Guardians of the Galaxy comics yeah. at all. Like James Gunn just went out there with that stuff. He pretty much took some characters from a recently rebooted comic series and like just went with it. Um, so Ant-Man's like a really good heist movie. Yep. And that's its that's its thing. It's the Marvel heist movie. And my MVP is Michael Pena. <laughs> He's so good. At this. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed rewatching it just for him. He he's was one so of the, great. He's one of the best, like, f- yeah. physical comedy actors. And he's just really endearing. Can, His he, face is yeah, awesome. He can just, like, stand there and just, like, stare and smile. Yeah. And he's better than, like, you know, uh, like five pun lines from, like, Seth Rogen or something like that, who's also very good. But it's right. like, he's just got this presence and like this comic timing physically sweetness to him too even though he's supposed to be a criminal you're like oh Mm -hmm. he's trying to get paul rudd's character to do another crime but you're still like "Eh, he's his friend michael peng has been around for a long (laughs) time too and it's crazy that he's kind of finally fallen into like this because because he's played a you know, like a like he's a, played like a lot a, of like different a, types of like characters. Like a lackey, serious bad guy, like or like yeah. he was a cop in End of Watch, which he's really great in that. Right, he was just that cameo kind of bit part in Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, he played the guy with the red eyes. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. Ant Man is on a lot rewatch. Of fun. I really enjoyed it. Ant Man is a lot of fun. It, it's it's definitely suffers kind of in the same way that Age of Ultron did. In that there's a lot of behind the scenes drama that's obviously kind of holding it back and it needs to meet a deadline and they're just, you can tell that they kind of just like shot it and rushed it real quick. And this is also the last movie before the phase three, which really started growing what Marvel movies could be. And right. they started, you know, a lot of people say that Marvel movies are like, you know, they almost, they look like TV, like they're shot like TV shot with like, like, uh, how do you mean? Uh, it's like uh, over-the-shoulder shots of dialogue or like in hallways and just like very uh, – oh. it's just like you right. can have enough cameras going and you can do enough takes where you have enough coverage because they play it safe. And they do that a lot. And the Russo brothers are the ones that – the guys that did Winter Soldier and Civil War and they're doing Infinity War. These guys came from TV. So they're able to really do that 
and do it very well. I was going to say, I feel like they push that a little bit because they do a really good job. They do it, it very well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still there a little bit in Civil War, but you can see that it kind of starts to go away moving into things like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Thor Ragnarok right. and especially Black Panther because, you know, these are movies that are made by Taika Waititi, Ryan Coogler, James Gunn. These are guys that are really good directors. Totally. And now they're being handed the keys to a less uh, strict creative committee because I believe Ant-Man was the last movie that was made under the original dude that was running Marvel Studios. Oh, okay. Ike something. I can't remember his name. But apparently he was a... Uh, and I'm going to go on the record here saying that this is my opinion. Don't know if it's true, but I've read... Uh, this guy was like kind of like a passive sexist racist dude that didn't Interesting. he didn't want people playing in his sandbox and one of the main you reasons mean directors everything I mean because there's clearly women and other ethnicities as actors in all these movies yes and but but up until this you point, would be hard pressed to find anybody besides uh, the character from the comics is. A woman oh, or a person of color. Oh, I see what you're color. saying. He's not like I think allowing that, creative. Yeah, I think yeah. that uh, Dave Bautista and Zoe Saldana being cast in Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the first choices that got made around the time where he was on his way out. I see. And there okay. was slowly things. And then like, uh, again, I don't know it for, for sure, sure, but yeah. I do know that there was a lot of hectic stuff. He got. He finally got out. The uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Creative Committee, which was made up of like Brian Michael Bendis, Joe Casada, and a bunch of guys that came yeah. from comics, they were out. They still help out and stuff like that, but they don't have as much control. Hmm. It's kind of Kevin Feig and uh, yeah. How do you say his name? I've Kevin Feig, but I've also heard it like Feige or Feige. Feige. Kevin Feige. I've, I've said Kevin Feig my entire. That That's what I be thought wrong. because um, that's like the same uh for Freaks and Geeks the. The creator is Paul Feig, mm-hmm. but it's not spelled exactly the same. So. Yeah. Um, well, like, and we have a friend whose last name is Fige, and it's spelled right. the exact same way. Ah, Fige. I don't know. All right, Kevin, you'll let us know. Yeah, Kevin, I'm tell sure. us how to pronounce your last name. We'll do that. That's yeah, absolutely fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So, so one takeaway from Ant-Man is that Ant-Man gets to hang out momentarily with Falcon mm-hmm. and have a little fun battle scene where he's yet again stealing something for, for Hank. So that's sort of like our linchpin into the next movie mm-hmm. of why Ant-Man ends up in the next movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they go to the he, – he goes to steal something from a old Stark uh, warehouse. Right, and, uh, which ends up being Hank the new Pym doesn't Avengers realize that facility. turn that into the new Avengers facility right. in upstate New York. Yeah. Uh, I love Michael Douglas in this. Paul Rudd kicks ass. I think Paul Rudd does a good job. Mm-hmm. He's silly, but he's not too silly. I like uh, who's our baby boy as the uh, stepfather. Stepfather. Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale. He MVP. is great. Uh, I mean, he's he's underutilized, but he's he's always a class act. Is it Judy Greer? Is the uh, the, I think the wife? that's right. She is married to Judd Apatow, that actress. I think. Oh. Oh, I could totally be screwing that up. Yeah, I didn't know Wait, that. no, no. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> well, you quoted. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I totally screwed that up. It's not the same actress, and now they're all blonde, and they're going to hate. No, no sweat. Yeah, I think I know who you're yeah. talking about. Um, Judy Greer. You're right. 13 going on 30. Judy Greer. Yeah. Uh, li- I really like the suit. I like the mechanics of the suit and how they... Um, 
like put together like the rules of like the buttons and everything like that. It's a cool yeah. looking suit. Like I I really like the Ant Man suit. I like the powers that he has. And I also like how they eventually like build that up in I like Civil his, War. I like his Honey I Shrunk the Kids relationship with the ants. Mm-hmm. Um P.S. Judd Apatow is married to Leslie Mann. Yeah, Leslie Mann. Not the same actress. No, not the same actress. But I like Judy Greer better. She's in a bunch of Judd Apatow movies. Yeah, Yeah. Leslie Mann is a little meaner, Mm -hmm. in at least in her in her roles. Yeah. Do you got anything else on Ant Man? I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for Civil War. See, so like this is like the thing you get. You get Avengers: Age of Ultron. Then we get a new Avengers movie. May 2015. And then all of a sudden, straight away in May 2016, one year later, you essentially, it's Captain America Civil War. But it's essentially, but it's essentially an Avengers, Avengers movie. movie. Yep. Totally. It's just missing Hulk and Thor, who are off doing their own thing. We'll find out later. Right. Um, it's, got, it's got the whole cast. I mean, it's got, got the whole cast. It's got all the Avengers. Yeah, except for Hulk and Thor. Mm-hmm. And it brings in Tom Holland. With our first glance, Spider Man. Spider Man. Yep. They uh, Marvel was able to acquire Spider Man from Sony and partnered up with them. That's why you watch Spider Man Homecoming and it opens up with like Columbia Pictures, Sony, and then Marvel. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Tactful little stuff that they had here. Um, it's got Daniel Brühl, who's everyone's favorite fake German, mm-hmm. but he's playing Sokovian villain. Mm-hmm. He is one of my favorite bad guys in the MCU, too. Zemo? Yeah. He's very good. I get a lot of shit for that. Why? Uh, well, because he really doesn't have that much of a screen presence, and so it's kind of cheating, because, like, he's not really... He's only, like, kind of fleshed out in, like, one scene at I the end. I don't know, but I like the fact that he's manipulating behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, you don't have to convince yeah. me. That's why I yeah. really like him. I think that it's, like, a strong bad guy right. in a movie where you, the idea is that you're pitting Captain America against Iron Man, so there's no bad guy. And then to reveal at the end, like, oh, no, there is something going on behind the scenes. What's it going to be? Oh, this is how they're going to team up and fight the bad guy at the end. And then there's the twist at the end where it's like, no, this entire thing has been uh, the bad guy's plan all along to actually pit Iron Man and Captain America against one another. Not just as like disagreeing on something like the Accords, but in something that's life and death. And everything's on the line. It's It's just so sad. It's very sad. This movie's so sad. Um, we get a little more Agent 13, Emily Van Camp. Sharon Carter, yeah. Sharon Carter. We find out that she's a Carter, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a Peggy die in this one. Peggy passes away at the right. beginning of this movie. Right. Uh, I'm also going to go on the record here, too. I've been talking to some people about this. Uh, Peggy and Captain America never did it. Yeah, what? They why shared are you one kiss. That? Some people think that they did. Oh, why? They think it would be incestuous for him to mm-hmm. kiss Sharon Carter. Well, you know what? It's just gross because he's 100 years old, but yeah. he's got to do him. Yeah, he's got to do him. Yeah, but Peggy Carter, Peggy and Steve shared one kiss. Yeah, it's very chaste. Going on around. Now, here's another thing, too. Some people have argued that, well, then that would make Captain America a virgin. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, he was uh, 18 years old before he got the Super Soldier Serum. He was running around with Bucky Barnes. Yeah, they got all these stories. He's probably... It had sex with prostitutes in New York City. Well, it's not <laughs> prostitutes. I don't think Bucky's. I don't think Bucky's having sex with prostitutes. I don't think Bucky is. No, but I he's... think he might be trying to convince someone for Steve's sake. No, no, no. I, for I, mean, scrawny I don't, Steve. I don't think it's like he's paying them. I think it's like Steve's like his wingman. Oh, and no. he was able to like kind of hook him up. You know, I like, don't know. I feel like scrawny Steve maybe got like a little a little frisky, but not all the way. 
Not all the way. So you think Captain America's a virgin? Yeah. In the MCU, I think that the super I mean, serum froze his nads. There's off. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> this is the entire idea too. It's like, I think he's like a Ken doll down does there. His, does his metabolism even like grant that? Like, can he? I think Who knows? I, in my mind, he's like a Ken doll. It's not part of the equation for him. Really? Yeah, but that's just me. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I think he's weird. But yeah. I mean, because he's just so hot. Chris Evans? But that's Chris Evans. No, Steve Rogers is a make-believe character. That's who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, <laughs> a, I'm not talking about a real man. All right, well, let's talk about Civil War a little bit. All right, what do you got? Um, so I rewatched this re- a little while back, and then we kind of rewatched a little bit, a little snippet of it recently. And I feel like in the beginning, you really kind of feel like Captain America is being a little bit of an a-hole. Uh-huh. But then as it progresses, you like, cause I, I felt more sympathetic to Iron Man in my memory of how things went. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, he's not totally okay either. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And I mean, that's the beauty of what they do with the movie right. is like, you've got people that are like in like, you know, friends for like, you get a group of five friends, go to see the movie. Yeah. It's not guaranteed that all of them are going to side with Cap. Some of them might side with Tony. Like, we don't know. Well, it's hard. Right. It's like, yeah, it's not necessarily saying that one person is totally right. It's just with how they're handling it, Mm -hmm. how you're handling the situation. Like, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, man, why is Cap being such a stubborn ass? And then you're kind of like, well, Bucky's his friend who did terrible things, but wasn't totally, uh, you know, in control of it. Mm -hmm. And Bucky's like the only other person who's a million years old, like Captain America. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing he has to family. Uh, it's the only. It's the only thing he's got left, really. Especially, well, that's why, he, that's he why, makes it that way. That's why Peggy. Because the Avengers are. His that's family. why they wrote it in that, that Peggy, Peggy dies. Because yeah. all he's got now is Bucky. I mean, that's not really true. He's he's met you know Sam Wilson. He's he's met the Avengers. Right. He's got this new wave of people. But that's like his last tie to his past. Exactly. And Captain yeah. America's entire thing is that he's a man out of time. Right. And he's trying to assimilate to the now and here he is and he's given something that is like his best friend who he thought was dead right that he always swore to protect because uh he always protected him and he wasn't able to it's like the big plus he wants to he wants to help him figure out his shit yeah like he he doesn't he doesn't want to give up on him he doesn't want to write him off he wants to help him he's he's like you know, when you have a really good friend or somebody you love, you, you make some excuses for them, even though, you know, not everything they did was totally kosher. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's like, you know, Iron Man is like, no, this is what we're like. He's he feels bad because like he keeps fucking up time and time again. Like he fucked up majorly in Age of Ultron. Iron Man did. Yeah. Iron, yeah Tony. Yeah, Because it's interesting to see Tony like all of a sudden want to play by the rules, essentially, because that's sort of like what the premise is, is like, are we going to sign with the government and try and play nice mm-hmm. or... Are we going to be like, fuck it, we're doing it our own way? That's why they include the whole thing in the movie with uh, him and Pepper are on a break. Right. Because he said at the end of Iron Man 3, he's like, you know, he didn't say he was done being Iron Man, but he destroyed all his suits and he's going to try something different. But then the events of like having to get Loki's scepter back happened, then Ultron happened. Totally. And now the and now the Accords. Kobe yeah. have, so he he's feels like, responsible. Caught up, he's getting caught up in it and he's like, I don't want to... He wants to shift the blame mm. and he's not admitting it. And that's the thing that's making Steve uncomfortable at first is he's like, I, he's like, I see what you're doing and I understand that because I'm your friend. Right. 
but this isn't the way to do that. You know, whatever fight comes, we'll fight it together. These are yeah. the lessons they just learned. Plus, we in also Age of have Ultron. like Bucky aside. We have like the circumstances of like Wanda, Scarlet Witch, not totally being in control of her powers. Like not, mm-hmm. not as much as some of the other Avengers, and like fucks some shit up, blows some stuff up, <laughs> hurts yep. some people totally by accident, totally casualties. And- but she's still. Killed a bunch of people potentially, and this is the thing too. And it's and it's supposed to be like this. Yeah. If she, if she hadn't done anything, yeah, then Cap, you... Cap would have died, and a bunch of people around them, probably the same amount of people that died in the building, would have died as well. Potentially, yeah. It was uh, she made a choice, and she was trying to get him high enough, right? Where like he wouldn't hurt anybody, but she's still learning, like you said, and yeah. she made a mistake, and and it cost some lives, and they were held accountable for it because yeah. at this point now. The government, and especially General Ross, is looking for any reason at all to tie these guys down, to, like, take some kind of control over them and utilize them as a force of defense for their own means. Right. And Steve Rogers just got done with Winter Soldier shit, and he's like, no, 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 Right, whereas you have, like, Iron Man, you have, like, well, it's it's more like in Iron Man 2, but you have, like, Rhodes all of a sudden using the war machine suit for the government. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that idea of whether or not to play along with them mm-hmm. or you need your own freedom to get it done. Yeah, it's uh, the things that they're dealing with, with because this is a Captain America movie, but it's just as much Tony's movie, you know. And in Age of Ultron, Captain America's arc was figuring out, like, where do I belong in this place? What's my place as a leader? What do I do? Yeah. And at the end of the movie, he learns the lessons that he needs and he goes, it's my job to protect the people that can't protect themselves using and lead the Avengers. And Tony's whole arc in Age of Ultron is learning to take responsibility for what he's done and understand that his mess-ups are going to be just as much a part of his legacy as his triumphs. Right, and I and, think he's, he like starts to learn that he's also more responsible for other people because Tony's used to being his own yeah. flying solo. And that's in Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. and, and now he's in like, Civil oh, War, shit. These, these are... These two like arcs have come to a head where we right. meet them and Steve's like, no, I need to lead and I need to make sure that what needs to get done can get done because I trust myself and I trust my values. Yeah. Whereas Tony is like, he's totally cool handing off the blame and the leadership to somebody else so that he doesn't feel held accountable like on his own. Like the, the whole thing with... Uh, uh, the mother giving him the picture of her son who died in Sokovia. Right. Like, this is a very big deal to him. And it, it doesn't make any sense later that he would find another kid and, and, and like, almost get him killed, like, to help him, like, win a fight against Captain America. Yeah. But he realizes that, too, right at the end. Right. And that's why he sends Spider-Man back. Sure. Because he doesn't... I think that there is, like, this kind of... The movies aren't giving you everything, and I like that they aren't because over exposition gets too chatty, gets too filled up, and the movie's already like two and a half hours long. No, so I they th- pretty much give you the things you need. It's funny though because this movie is long, but it doesn't feel long. No. I think the Russo brothers do a really good job of it. They're fantastic. Um, so I'm excited that they're doing Infinity War. Mm. I was, when I heard that, I was like, yeah. That's well, gonna Infinity be tight. War. I mean, they're also um, doing the fourth one next year. They but are? Infinity War is Uh-oh. it's already shot. They shot at the same time. Ah. So uh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, um, but then but the Russos, real quick, the Russos are the first uh, directors to come in to do more than two movies. Really? John Favreau did both the first first two Iron Mans. Right. James Gunn did Guardians of the Galaxy and Volume 2. 
Joss Whedon did uh, both the first Avengers. two Avengers. Yep. These guys did Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War is their third one. Cool. Cool. Like, they're the new, like, honchos of it. And it's crazy because they did, like, nothing. Before, Before that? Before this. Like, they were on, they, they, they directed episodes of TV. Community was what I really knew them from. Uh, they made, uh, they directed the movie You, Me, and Dupree. Oh, really? Like, that's what they did. Well, they've, they've also kept the same writing team pretty much through all these movies. Yeah. Yep. So, they've got, like, the Captain America movies and stuff like that, and, yeah. Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Mm-hmm. I checked this out, because I was curious what they had written. And, yeah, they, they're on all the Captain Americas. They're, uh, they were hired from... Um, First Avenger, Civil War, Winter Soldier. They were hired yeah. from Disney, I believe, because they were doing the uh, Chronicles of Narnia movies That makes for sense. a while. That's, yeah. That kind of makes sense. And to they have hired sort them of, like, on to start scale. doing Captain America, yeah. and they were like, oh, do you want to keep... Because uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, was, like, the first one where they were like, oh, fuck, that's it. That's yeah. the tone. That's exactly what we want. That makes sense. Because they misstepped with Thor and Iron Man 2 a little bit. And then first Avenger, they were like, oh, my God, that's it right there. And then they, like, tweeted like from there. cured that yeah. uh, for uh, Avengers. And then they were just off to the races from then. So you get a really epic fight scene in this one with all the Avengers fighting each other, which is pretty mm-hmm. enjoyable. Yep. You get some good giant man action Yeah, from Paul Rudd. So you get Paul Rudd back in there as Ant-Man helping out. You get Spider-Man trying to show off for Tony Stark, which mm-hmm. is pretty great. And? It also puts in some of my favorite... Um, like banter between uh, Bucky, Sebastian Stan, and uh, Anthony Mackie's character, Falcon. Oh, yeah. Like, they're that, great. They're, those are some of like the best one liners in the movie. Yeah, because they kind of treat it like a brother, stepbrother kind of thing. Well, it's kind of like Bucky's his old friend, mm-hmm. Sam Wilson is his new friend, yeah. and they're kind of resentful of each other, mm-hmm. but then eventually you know they're going to be probably teaming Blossom up. Blossom into a good they, friendship. They both. Uh, they both care about Steve, so they want to help Steve out. So, mm-hmm. but I, lo- I love some of the some of the banter between them, like uh, being crammed into. I don't know why Steve has such a tiny historic Volkswagen Beetle. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I want to drive a car from then. <laughs> he might have stolen it too, and that's the True. only kind of car he knows how to hotwire. True. But yeah, I love the I love the sequence of like Bucky being like, uh, "Can you move your seat up?" and him being like, just being like, "No." It's the best, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, and then we also have a great Hawkeye is back, Clint, yeah. who is really just like, "Come on, man, this guy's the heart of these movies." He is, but it is it is definitely a different feel than Ultron. Like it's not as like happy. It's it's a little bit more bitter and jaded. Well, he doesn't want to fucking be there. He's right. Like, I'm I'm fucking retired, guys. Right. Like, and you guys are having this dumb fight. So then you're kind of like, why are you there? I honestly think that he's there to make sure that Natasha's no one, okay. Yeah. I think but that's But yet his they're main not thing. fighting on the same side initially. They're not fighting on the same side and I, and when they and they, when, when they, they do fight, fight they're like we're still cool, they, right? But they pick <laughs> each other to fight. That's true. Because they know they're going to pull the punches cuz neither of them are really committed to the side of the one that they're fighting on. I guess so. They're just kind of like, guys, what are you doing? You mm. know? I feel like part of it is that Hawkeye wants to keep an eye on Scarlet Witch. He kind of feels protective As of her. Well. Yeah, totally. So he's kind of like, no, we can't lock her up. Mm-hmm. And then that's sort of a weird dichotomy with her and Vision because obviously the trailers for Infinity War imply that they're like a little more loved of it. But, well, and that's it from the comics. Kind of, Scarlet Witch and the Vision are married. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, he's trying to make her paprikash or whatever. And then you're sort of like, okay, now he's also trying to lock her up. 
Yeah, he's trying. <laughs> I think that the stuff, Vision's arcanist, that like the movie is crammed with so many people. Yeah. And the same way that Age of Ultron was able to give just about every main character their own little arc. Yeah. Civil War is able to do that even better. Right. Um, and Vision's arc in this movie is um, very, uh, very sad. Well, Vision, and very, and, yeah, and Vision very is like, he is artificial intelligence. Like, he's not quite human. So he's still trying to, like, work out. He cares about Scarlet Witch, but in the same token, he's like, okay, logically, no, you really shouldn't be out there. Mm-hmm. Protect you and everyone else. Like He cares about her, yeah. He cares about her, but it's like all this sad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His his character's sad. It's sad. And it looks like <laughs> it doesn't look, he doesn't look like human. Like it's, right. it's so smooth. Like the design <laughs> of the character is absolutely amazing. It's totally. like off-putting. And you get really sad sequence of Rhodes getting hurt mm-hmm. in all of this epicness. Like yep. he is the big, not casualty because he doesn't die, but mm-hmm. um, just that uh, he gets uh, essentially paralyzed. He does, yeah. Yeah. But I think we're going to be absolutely fine with that because uh, in the the Black Panther movie, it was shown that like they can fix people that like have broken spines, and right? Stuff like that. There is that, but then there's also just Tony trying to essentially make him Iron Man legs at the end of the movie. Absolutely, yeah. Trying so to you're help kind of like regardless, that's yep. like the best person to build and, you a prosthetic. And it also <laughs> leads to uh, Hawkeye having like a great line when he's uh, locked up in the in the raft, and he says like, "Better watch your back around this guy; he might break it." That's so like sad. Like, he does that on... Per- well, because he's fucking pissed at Tony. Yeah. From their point of view, it's like, Tony, what are you doing? Like, we, we're locked up in here. Like, this has gone too far. And we realize that Tony is there to try and fix everything. Right. Um, well, that that's like... Yeah, when we were watching that again, like, that's at that point when you um you see Tony in the weird... Yeah, the raft, the, mm-hmm. the underwater jail for all the Avengers... That's when I when you first like start being like, oh shit, maybe I don't feel so bad for Tony. But then Tony's starting to feel bad because he's starting to realize he wasn't a hundred percent right. Yeah. So it's definitely the wheels are turning, but then you see like sad Scarlet Witch in a straight jacket essentially in mm-hmm. there, and you're just like, No, it's not okay. Yeah, it's they <laughs> definitely go a little bit too far. Yeah, with, and everyone's what doing. actually fucked up. Like and we get, black we get, eyes. And, and we get and... William Hurt back as General Ross from uh yeah. Hulk, which is just like the Weird. weirdest thing to do. Hello. I mean, I like it, just fine. Give me more William Hurt. It's yeah. it's totally fine. I mean he's a great actor, but yeah. It's totally fucking it's weird. weird. It's, it's weird, weird because you're just like, Betty's gone. There's no Liv Tyler. Like, Edward Norton is now, looks like Mark Ruffalo. Tim Roth is nowhere to be seen. Like, there's nothing from, even Martin Starr, who's in, who plays a character in The Incredible Hulk, is in Spider-Man Homecoming as another character. Right. You're like, what this guy is going on here? Yeah. I love Martin Starr. But it's also one of the only I ones Bill. I think that does that within the movies. Like, I know, I can't remember her name, but the actress who plays the uh, the mother at the beginning of Civil War, she was the bad guy in Luke Cage. Whose mother? The mother at the beginning whose son died and she's like talking. Oh, you're right. I can't remember her name though. Yeah. No, um, I don't remember her name. But she, like, they have multiple things like that. Like, people that are in, like, the Marvel... Netflix shows are also starting to some cross over. It, like some are in there, but they're not the same characters and stuff like that. But Martin Starr was in Incredible Hulk, but he was also the teacher in Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. And you're just like, I thought they just like decided to like scrap that movie. But they also mention, you know, like last time Hulk was in New York City, right. like, he was in Harlem, he destroyed it. Yeah. So it's like they're keeping it in the continuity. Does that mean that Liv Tyler or another actress is going to eventually come back as Betty 
Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Um, so at the end of this movie, you know, and we can talk about this when we start kind of talking about Infinity War a little bit, but like, so we leave this movie with the sad knowledge that Bucky as Winter Soldier killed Tony's parents. Mm-hmm. And you do get this like endearing letter from Captain America to Tony at the end of the movie. But like, is, is Tony going to forgive that's kind of my question going into Infinity War. I Because they're so. obviously going to have to fight together. Mm-hmm. But like... Mm-hmm. Well, also too, we don't know who's fighting with who because we know that not everybody is going to be on the same, like, in the same fight. You know, it looks a lot like we've they're got... They're not all in the same lo- yeah, we've location. Got like, we've got Captain America and Wakanda, maybe. Yeah, like we've got like Thor and Groot and uh, Rocket are out doing something. Yeah. And then like the rest of the Guardians look like they're with like Tony and Spider-Man and I Doctor Strange. I feel like Strange. they're all going to come together at the end, though. It's possible. I mean, they could be saving that for Avengers 4, too. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Okay, and that's So true. we don't know. Like, this is going to be like definitely the... And this is like the end of something, but I really think it's only part one of the end. Okay. You know, I think this is going to end on a pretty a, decent cliffhanger. because Harry Potter where they go camping? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the next movie that comes out is going to be Captain Marvel, and that takes place in the 90s, so it's not a sequel. Yeah. So they could... They have a little bit of a break. They could end on a gigantic cliffhanger, and they don't have to worry about other movies coming out. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp, we don't know when that takes place, but I think that that takes place before... Interesting. Infinity War. And I mean, it's possible. My theory is that the reason we haven't seen Ant-Man and Hawkeye in any of the Infinity War trailers is because Hawkeye is a, is a character in Ant-Man and the Wasp mm. and that they're off doing something else during right. the events of Infinity War. And that's what Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, we can talk about that more. I also feel like there's the theory that maybe, maybe Hawkeye will be in Infinity War mm-hmm. and his family will die. And then he'll become Ronin for Avengers Four. That is a thing. That but maybe that could ha- that could also happen in Ant Man or some other movie. Some mm-hmm. o- some other catalyst could happen that yeah, will spur that. Totally possible. But eh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, anything else on? I mean, we didn't even mention Black Panther getting introduced in Civil War. Yeah, he's so, got his own movie coming up that we can talk about him at length. That, but well, I mean, he yeah he it's it's him kind of wanting to kill Winter Soldier. Because he thinks he killed his dad. Because he thinks he was responsible for killing his dad. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, he ends up being that first glimpse of Wakanda is like the salvation for Bucky, where the, he's the first, the poor white boy that we find out his his sister Shuri's going to fix later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love I love Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, awesome. like Even Boseman just like his little bit. Yeah. He's absolutely fantastic. Child is a cool character. Mm-hmm. Um. I like that he's so understanding. Like, by the end, he kind of knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And his, like, end sequence dealing with the villain Nemo is pretty cool. Zemo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's great in everything that he does in this. He's a really good foil to, like, uh, Captain America as well, where it's like, oh, this is a guy whose, like, entire suit is made of vibranium. Right. It's very possible that, like, like it's, it's also hard for him to fight. They also seem like... Captain America and T'Challa are going to be kind of like, I feel like they're going to be buds in Infinity oh, War yeah, because definitely. they're both like people of principle. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're like these high morals, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're going to respect each other. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And they can like race each other. Yeah. 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 That's true. They're both very fast and very strong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm but excited. yeah, we can, we can talk about more about him when we get over to his own movie because it really it pretty much takes place like immediately after Civil True. War. So the events of Civil War and what he does in that are have heavy implications in like the story of the Black of Black Panther of the right. movie. Right. Um yeah, so let's move on. Uh, next guy, uh, in November of 2016, we got graced with a brand new origin story uh, for Doctor Strange, uh, which was directed by uh, Scott Derrickson, um, starring uh, actual teen heartthrob Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> it's got Rachel McAdams. And uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, I love that. That's one that my sister and I like to type into YouTube about how you pronounce. Mm-hmm. She would tell. Edgy for. Yep. There you go. He was, uh, he's he's my main man because he was the uh, quote unquote bad guy in uh, Serenity. Serenity. Yeah. And he's fucking phenomenal. In but that. in this one, we have Mads Mikkelsen, who's scary mm-hmm. and awesome. Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we also have the awesome librarian, Benedict Wong. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. I'm, I'm excited about him uh, being in Infinity War. I think he'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And we also don't forget, too, we got Tilda Swinton's in there. Right. And uh, who's the girl that Doctor Strange is in love with? Oh, Rachel, Rachel McAdams. Rachel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And she's in there. Uh, Doctor Strange is like a really fun movie. It's fun, but it's it's definitely a weird one. And you know, it, I would because say it's of like, Phase 3, it's my least favorite. It's really not connected in it's the way that all bad. the other ones are. Yeah, it's know? not connected. I mean, I do love the end credit scene, extra scene with him and Thor. Right. That, like, directly is almost exactly the same in the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. Like, that's really fun. Yeah. Like, having that idea of somebody else who's a little sillier playing off the seriousness of Benedict Cumberbatch still. Doctor Strange is pretty fun. Yeah. No, yeah. oh, and that's like you get a little taste of that at the end. And I think that that's, uh, you know, they're saying that Doctor Strange is going to be really heavily used in Infinity War. Yeah. And it's like, but throughout the movie, it's Doctor Strange is pretty much just dealing with like characters that they've just introduced in this movie for the right. most part. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a little jarring because like after like ant-man where it's like he bumps in the falcon and civil war it's yeah. an avengers movie you know even like further on from this like guardians of the galaxy is like well we've dealt with them before homecoming has iron man in it you're used to having like some kind of a connection and we're not going to have this kind of standalone origin story again until like uh until black panther yeah which you know just knocked that out of the park because pretty much the origin story was already set in in civil war right so I they mean, were able maybe, to get over that and just like jump right into the action. Plus, this is like the besides the Guardians movies, this is like the other story that really starts to deal with like space travel, time Mysticism travel, and stuff, yeah, mystical arts. Like that whole like is has not been touched on mm-hmm. really. Like Ant Man kind of touched on like the quantum realm a little bit, which is kind right. of what. Doctor Strange is kind of dealing with in a more mystical way. Right, but it's sort of explained in terms of science versus mm-hmm. this is like, this is sort of magic, but mm-hmm. not quite. Yeah. Like, I love the Tilda Swinton, like, holding up pages about, like, the chakra and stuff like that and, mm-hmm. like, him being like, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I think it's really good because it's like, you know, when they were first starting out, when they were like, how do we make a Thor movie grounded in the same universe as, you know, like, well, this guy is just like a a genetic experiment gone wrong. And this guy has a suit made of armor and this guy's got like super soldier serum. Like, how do we 
this dude, like this God, like how do we make that make sense? And they're like, well, you just kind of science it up. And it's everything we thought was magic was actually just kind of space science. Okay. And now they've waited a couple years. And now they're like, okay, magic. Magic. Because we'll buy it. Cause well, as plus, long as like, they can when- explain it correctly, which they really do with the hands and everything. Yeah. It, you like, that's tangible. Like, you're like, yeah, that works. <laughs> but it is, it's a, it's a little bit weird. It's a, it's a weird movie, I think. It's a weird movie, totally. It's, it's a little bit, um, having seen Inception and then seeing like all of the, the cityscapes folding in on themselves and popping up and whatever. Like, it's really kind of like anxiety inducing, but, mm-hmm. but fun. Well, the visuals in it are absolutely awesome. They're I really, pretty awesome. I really like them. I think, yeah. like, you know, when he goes on like that first trip through like the mystic space realm, that's and pretty awesome. Is, like, yeah. Pretty when nuts. she like pretty much just like shoves him out of his own body, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And he's just like the hands growing on the hands, growing on the hands. That's some the freaky hands. psychedelic shit, yeah. which I guess makes more sense. Like, the comics yeah. are totally like, yeah. That. It's like a bunch of like Jack Kirby stuff. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, like which Thor Ragnarok is going to like really heavily play on as well. I love it. Um, and you want to take a little break or? Yeah, I mean, did you have anything else you want to say about Doctor Strange? Because yeah, we can take a break and then we'll come back and we'll knock out the uh, we'll knock out the rest of them. Uh, Doctor Strange, I really uh, the the cape is cool. I like that as its own kind of character. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like the cape... It reminds me of the carpet, the magic carpet from yeah. Aladdin. Yeah, the cape is very much like, exactly, it's like the magic carpet from Aladdin. It's like something that you would imagine out of Harry Potter, like a like a weird talisman that is protective of the person that's wielding it. Like, mm-hmm. I like that it kind of is like a creature that adopts itself to Doctor Strange. And it's totally. like, no, 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 pull yeah. back this way. And I like, he, get, he gets like <laughs> these kind of like, yeah. uh, he gets these like tools, you know, totally. like he learns magics yeah. and stuff like that. But then he's also like eventually going to get like, you know, like the, the jumpy boots and he's going to yeah. get like the cape that like protects him and helps him fly and he's stuff. He's got weird falcon gloves. Yeah, but, and he's got the okay. amulet, which is eventually, which is the, yeah, the, the uh, eye of Agamemnon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the uh, it's am the I it's the, right? it's the time gem. It's the time stone. It's the green keep, one. Keep calling them gems. It's okay. Um, gems. Yeah, and it's a it's, gem. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, the bad guy is probably one of the worst bad guys in the movie. He's not very developed. He looks cool. I think he's, he's got fine. awesome eye makeup. It's Mads Mikkelsen, so yeah. the acting is there, but it's just really not a whole bunch to. Yeah, it's kind of silly. It's all right. But I like the arc of our future villain of Chiwetel, like kind of Uh, Mordo, yeah. Of him, like being the future villain. Oh, yeah. I think that that's cool. Mordo is like one of uh, Doctor Strange's like biggest villains. Yeah. I mean, they used to be friends. Yeah. Makes sense. I like that. I like that they would introduce him and like they would be friends and like they kind like not friends too. Like they kind of like have opposing views and stuff like that. Yeah, but but eventually he, you know, they're both betrayed by um, Tilda Swinton's the ancient uh, one, the ancient one. Yeah, and she's revealed to be kind of like like a naughty person, and (laughs) and Doctor Strange, like he communicates with her and tries to understand why she did what she did, and he. He kind of comes to terms with it. He comes to terms with it. Whereas Mordo is like, no, no, you lied to me. No, 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 no. Well, Mordo spent way more years drinking the Kool-Aid, so it it hurts a little more when you find out that not everything's true. And so now, like, you kind of go from, like, somebody who's, like, approaching this reasonably and someone who's kind of, like, you're creating a fanatic out of it. And, like, that's that's the the kind of uh, relationship that Doctor Strange and Mordo have where, like, they're both... uh, 
very powerful like um, sorcerers. Right. But uh, one is uh, just like batshit nuts and wants to be uh, wants Mads to... Mickelson's character or Mor- Mordo. Mordo Mordo's character. Yeah. I mean, eventually. I, yeah, eventually. Because he's uh, not really hinted at it so much. Yeah, no, he's more, I think what they're going for in MCU is, like, he's more, like, going to try and hunt down, like, the sorcerers and, like, it's kind of try and get hunt. rid of them all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. So let's take a quick break real quick, and when we come back, we will jump into G-O-T-G-V-2, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk, and we'll talk some more stuff after that. Sounds good. Cool. Welcome to another episode of It's Fitz, where Story Screen's film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 2017 Jordan Peele film, Get Out. Get Out. Saw that in the movies back in this, a year ago, pretty much, probably, probably last March. I was excited for it. I enjoyed most of it. The end um, fell flat, though, and I'm not going to get into all that. But no, it was cool. Like, the idea was awesome. But like I said, it fell flat. But um, the fat guy at the end, like, it was kind of cheesy the whole time. But at the end, when he saved him, or like tried to save him, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if I'll watch it again. This has been another episode of It's Fits. For more on Get Out from the Story Screen family, check out episode 8 of our podcast. And welcome back. Alright, so we've got Ant-Man... Captain America, Civil War, Doctor Strange in the bag. And I think we can agree Civil War is like a very, very good movie. It is. Even in this MCU. Ant-Man and Doctor Strange are... Not as good. They're good, but we are about to enter into these next four movies that Marvel comes out. These are booyahs. These are the fun ones. I've been excited to talk about these. Yep, yep, yep. So we're going to kick right back in there. We're going to start talking that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, I already discussed it very briefly with Robbie yeah. on our podcast. Well, so you guys we, talked about it for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We, we we scratched the surface. I feel like we talked about the first one a little bit more. And If you want a more in-depth episode, you should definitely check that one out. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's good. It's uh, very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, what do you, what do you got? It uh, came out uh, in May of 2017. Again, directed by James Gunn. Right. Uh, written by just him this time as well. Uh all of our favorites are back, and we get a little bit more... Um, I love the group chemistry. Yep. We get um, a little bit more Nebula. We get a little bit more of... Uh, Dave Batista. Yep. Yeah, he's he's heavily involved in it more, yeah. too. Yeah. We get some more... Uh, Michael Rooker is totally. heavily involved in there a lot more, too. And we also get the addition of uh, Mantis. Yeah. So, I mean, you talked about it a tiny bit in your Guardians podcast, but, I mean, do you want to talk any more about why... Guardians 2 is meaningful for you? 
I mean, we covered it pretty well. Pretty well? Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those that didn't listen to the episode and are just listening to this one, it's, uh, there's some uh, slightly oddly specific connections right. between um, – Peter Quill's like kind of parentage backstory and stuff like that. And like my dad's not like a like a space god dude planet, but my I've my biological father was kind of a deadbeat dad, and this movie's about yeah. deadbeat dads. Not even so much that. I guess I guess the the things that struck me about it is like hooking up with the idea of your 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 he's your father, but he's not your daddy. Yeah. Like I love I love the Yondu. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I like Ed. I like your stepdad. My stepdad. Yeah. My stepdad Ed is a he's phenomenal a good guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a very good dad. Deep down, he he loves you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. It's so. uh, it, it's really odd. It's like watching the movie. It's oddly specific. Like I think that's why I really enjoy the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies the most out of the MCU right. stuff because like I can just like connect on it, connect with them in like a wholly just completely personal way that is insanely individualistic to just me as a viewer watching it. Right. Like it speaks to me in ways that are, you know, and again, like these are points that they're getting across to everybody. I was going to say it speaks to you personally, but there, I feel like a lot of the themes that you identify with other people still latch Absolutely, on to. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. And I'm not going to argue that that's, it's, it's a, just a, they're very well written, well-made, well-acted movies yeah, and, and they're that, going and to I, connect on an emotional level. Totally. Especially for, you know, as you get older, of course, tons of people, like your friends are your family, you know, mm-hmm. like your friends are your family that you actually choose for yourself mm-hmm. and whether or not you decide to keep up with them and grow and change with them or cut them loose. That's sort of like where we're at now, where you've got your awesome band of misfits and now we're seeing them grow and start to accept each other a little bit more or question each other. Mm-hmm. For why they they are the way they are, and yeah. I and I love all the pairings. I know you guys touched on this a little bit in your other podcast, but like, I love the Yondu uh, rocket pairing. I love having a little more Nebula action with her sister Gamora, um, and and I like Mantis. She's kind of a cool, fun new character. Mm-hmm. Um, Bounces perfectly. Yeah, off she's of, uh, she's great with Drax. Drax, yeah. Um, she's great in like humanizing Drax because he's able to be a little bit more sensitive and you know her being able to feel his his feelings you mm-hmm. know be empathic she gets to see like actually deep down he's really sad about his family he mm-hmm. misses them but he's also like cracking up laughing he's got some of the funnier lines in the movie for sure mm-hmm. in this in this volume yeah i think that it's you know drax now uh, like they they beat ronan and that yeah. was his big thing and i think now he's like found like this kind of comfortable family unit with these guys and now he's kind of loosened up a little bit more and he's also learning from them even though like Guardians of the Galaxy takes place only three months after the events of Guardians of the Galaxy Um, and I think that it's it's really it's really neat that it that it builds on all of their characters uh, having like lived with each other for three months and stuff and it affects Drax the most where he's not used to you know being so open and yeah. accepting of people, whereas the other ones are like their family unit is kind of built together very slowly, and you know they're they trust one another, but you know the same like Rocket is still like a little like uh, unaccepting, and he pushes people away because right. that's like his defense mechanism. And I kind of like that him and Peter are sort of like vying for who's who who thinks they're the boss, yeah, you the know? alpha, yeah, who thinks they know the most. And then I like finally having 
Rocket paired with Yandu and being like, yo, 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 I know you're, I know what you're doing because mm-hmm. you're me. Mm-hmm. Quit your shit. You're mm-hmm. actually really upset about it. You know, and that's awesome. And I, and I love having more of Sean Gunn in this one. Yep. Like as the actual character mm-hmm. and him being Crab part of, yeah. he's awesome. I love him. So, um, yeah, he's like, it, that's so satisfying at the end, like having him be there for, for Yandu's funeral and like having all of the awesome cameos at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, I love a little Sly Stallone. Oh yeah. Michelle like Yeo. the original like Guardians. Yeah. Like, yeah. Some Ving Rhames. It's pretty sweet. Um, who else is in the end of that, that I was really like one of, one of Michelle Yeoh's crew, I think is. Is Jillian Anderson from X Files? Oh, is it really? Yeah, she's oh, just wow. wearing some makeup, and I was like, "Oh shit, it's Scully!" Oh, you know, that's like cool, that yeah. was like a cool thing. Um, but yeah, no, I really like this one. Kurt Russell is pretty great. He's uh, one of the best CGI. MCU Kurt villains, Russell yeah. is also great. He is. He's very good. Yeah, they. <laughs> I remember. It's they, weird, they, but it's they, good. They, they said this thing at the beginning where like they didn't use uh, like they actually didn't use that much CGI to like touch him up and stuff, and I think that it was taken as sincerity when actually in the interview like they were kind of making a joke but it was reported yeah. as like oh they didn't use that much because like I've watched it a couple times now and I'm like yeah well, that is yeah, like heavy did. yeah like that they were like oh Soft it's my focus. makeup guy and yeah, then yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. oh yeah sure yeah but there's definitely they do a really good job well I mean they do a good job later when they're showing him like rebuild his own organs and turn into David Hasselhoff and like <sighs> all that fun stuff at the just, end so. just such a fun yeah it's fun, fun movie the one I would say the like the 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 creepy factor with him is high, but then at the same time you you see the charm, like you see the weird charm that is transferred from his character to Star Lord mm-hmm. that he doesn't even necessarily know that he's getting that from his dad or not. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Baby Groot, Baby Groot is cute. He's pretty fun. I like that he's like puking and eating Skittles and not wearing a seatbelt and all that shit. Yeah. It's pretty great. Baby, like where do you go next uh, after uh, Guardians of the Galaxy where you've got all these characters and all these toys and everything and everybody's like, oh, Groot is so cool and Rocket was really cool and like Groot dies at the at the end of the first one. And so you get baby Groot, all the toys. <laughs> like that's just the perfect thing to be able to sell. Like you just took like one yeah, of like, well. the most badass guys from the first one. And you just made it like this cute character. Yeah. True. It's like a fantastic idea to do that. And that's, yeah. that's like what it's like the porgs with uh, Ryan Johnson's the last Jedi. It's like, he okay. just kind of came up with it and it was like, Oh, that is absolutely perfect for what we are trying to do. Well, I also with this like movie. at the end of this, of getting the glimpse of, of teen, teen version mm-hmm. of, of Groot. And Which is what he's going to be in, in yeah. Infinity War. And I, and I like that. I kind of like that it's not the same character. It's not like it's, you know, the original Groot embodied in a new, younger version. It's it's a new Groot. Mm-hmm. And I like that Peter Quill is like, now I know how Yondu felt. You know, like, it's like, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's perfect, too. If, like, they're a family unit. Like, they're going to be raising, like, they, they all take care of baby Groot. They do. Throughout the movie. Like, like put your seatbelt on. Like, oh, get out of there. Yeah, Don't do that. Yeah, they're, like, patting and carrying him. You know, mm-hmm. Drax is, like patting his back and stuff to soothe him to sleep and mm-hmm. everything. He's yawning. Yeah, so he's like the baby of the group that they're all that they're yeah. all raising. Like in the in the very beginning, the the opening sequence, I love, you know, when he's pausing from dancing around and he's just like waving to Gamora and she's mm-hmm. just like, Yeah. Hi. Hi, yeah. I got Hi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the movie uh is just like a blast from start to finish. Yeah. I would uh, guess I I guess 
I don't necessarily care that much about Aisha and the Sovereigns as much. But I understand what they're there for. Yeah, they're more like a crux to, like, get them to where they need to go. Yeah. And then, like, uh, and they're definitely building on... That for the future. For Volume 3. Like, I think that they're going to include, like, Adam Warlock, who is, like, essentially... I don't really know about that. He's, like, a he's like a perfect being, and he's a character from the comics, and, like, they're kind of, like, building towards, like, oh, they generate... Like, but he's going to be a bad guy? He could be either one. He's been both, in, and he's been a good guy and a bad guy in the huh. comics. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so they could pretty much... Uh, do anything with the with that universe at this point, like utilizing space and stuff like that. It's one of the most exciting things about Infinity War coming up is like you we get some more Guardians of the Galaxy action and see like, ooh, uh, how are these guys going to interact with right and, and everybody else and how is how is Peter going to interact when he's like finally back on Earth, but it's modern day, you know? Right. Well, that's the thing. I don't think that he's going to go back to Earth. I think I don't think that they're getting back there. That's no, that I think that they're going to be heavily like. In space, all the scenes that we've seen of like the Guardians of the Galaxy, you don't think they're ever going to go back? It's possible, but I also think that James Gunn might have asked and they might have been like, okay, that like they don't bring Peter Quill back to Earth because that might be something that he wants to do in volume three. Or okay. I don't know, but uh-huh. it, from right. what I've seen from the trailers, but also too, like they've they've stated too that a lot of the stuff that's been shown in the trailers for Infinity War it's is true. not really what the movie's about. It's trying to fake you out, yeah, like they're just kind of showing you like here's yeah. a couple like fight spectacle scenes yeah. and stuff like that, but they don't really touch on like the main stuff. So sure. it's anybody's guess until right. we see it. Yeah, okay, right. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Soup, soup. <laughs> That's my other favorite part of that movie. What? When uh, when Sean Gunn's eating, and he sings soup. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> In soup, volume two, yeah. When soup. he's eating the soup. <laughs> so good. Yeah, and uh, oh, man. besides that, the rest of the music is really good. Yeah, the rest of the music is great, and and I was saying, um, uh, yeah, Fleetwood Mac. I mean that that gets used in a lot of ensemble type cast movies, but. It works. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cat Stevens. I fucking love some Cat Stevens and that tugs on the heartstrings. So there you go. Yeah. That one <sighs> definitely does tie yeah. on those heartstrings. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, man. It's, uh, yeah, there's like, it gets some ELO in there, which you knew yeah. had to happen eventually. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, the movies are great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Both of them. This one in particular is just like a really good like follow up to that keeps the same attitude while bringing it even further and yeah. like developing the characters a little bit more introducing new characters expounding on characters that maybe didn't get enough time before like i love like we said before like the fact that they give nebula more to do and they give yeah. yondu more to do is like no i love phenomenal. i kind of love seeing yondu in the like weird sad you know like cantina <laughs> brothel planet environment yeah, and yeah. then like you know, planet sin. Yeah, well, whatever it is. But then, like, seeing him being sad about being kind of excommunicated from the Ravagers originally, and mm-hmm. like, it's it's cool to see yeah, his story. He, he reacts to the sadness. Yeah, he's, like, getting angry and like, yeah. you're like, oh, that's and this I, is this guy's thing. And I love, uh, like, you know, having those like little flashbacks of you know having uh, what's his name from it? Why Olaf again? Being like young Peter Quill, mm-hmm. and then having like a little scene of him with Yondu hunting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like really sweet. <laughs> it's good. It's a uh, it's a damn good movie. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. 
Uh, all right, moving on from that, we've got Spidey, Spider-Man: Homecoming, came out in July 2017. The best British kid doing a Queen's accent. This Queen's that accent I is out of control. Know of because I think most New Yorkers don't even do a Queen's accent very well. Nope. Awesome. Uh, directed by John Watts. Uh, the guy is kick-ass. Uh, he did a movie called uh, Cop Car with Kevin Bacon. I have not, not seen too that. Long ago. Oh, I, that movie. Yeah. I want to see that. About the kids so taking the good. car. It's so good. Oh, the trailer for that looks great. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, phenomenal stuff. It's heavy on the John Favreau, this movie. The Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep, yeah, they they <laughs> utilize John Favreau in just the right way that they need yeah. to, which is why I'm really happy that he's still like kind of hanging around. It's pretty he's not funny. The Iron Man movies. Anymore. I kind of like the idea of, of his character being like trying to move up, and then at the same time being like, I don't want to babysit you, kid. Like, leave me alone. Don't call mm-hmm. me unless it's really important. I mean, yeah, and this is like they really kind of take it from like there's no Iron Man movie in Phase Three, right? So they pretty this much you know they gave the him Civil War and they yeah. gave him Homecoming, and right. now he's going to be in Infinity War. Uh, so it just kind of makes sense to have like, you know, homecoming is really dealing with, uh, you know, like the idea of like, what's your purpose? What are you supposed to do? He's trying to to, prove himself. Prove himself. The entire time. Mm -hmm. And having Tony Stark be this dude that's also like a big daddy issues kind of guy. Right. You know, like having him be now the father figure to like a young Peter Parker. Who has no father. Who has no daddy. And no father figure because his... He's just got Aunt May. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's already we've it's we're past origin story. Yep, we don't even get a mention of Uncle yeah. Ben. Yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of like the only allusion to Uncle Ben is that Aunt May is like, you have to tell me where you are. Or oh, why yes. You're going to be late. Like we kind of get this implication that like you're not allowed to freak Aunt May out. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Like she's a totally cool aunt. Right. A uh, cool guardian. To she's be younger. Under. She's mm-hmm. no longer like aged gray mm-hmm. hair bun. Toby McGuire. Which Aunt makes May. sense, you know, because she's going to be the aunt. She can be the younger sister of his right. mother, and he's already still young, too. So she yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be anywhere beyond her 40s, really. Like, totally. Realistically. Um, we also get, like, a murderer's row of uh, supporting oh, actors The cast in this. in this is awesome. Absolutely crazy. Michael Keaton kills it. Another father figure, he's so to speak. He's so good. Spidey gets in this, yeah. He's, like, the most, in my opinion, he's, like, the most understandable villain in the mcu yeah because like he's the one you have the most empathy for you're like he's working class he thought he got this big job after avengers he got and screwed then over they take it from him and then you start realizing like oh shit well yeah maybe i would try and take advantage of that situation to make money for my family mm-hmm. and all these people that i just hired you know? I mean, yeah, like, he, he goes about it, like, it's understandable. It corrupts he's him still, in the long st- run. Yeah, he's still kind of, like, a bad dude, right. but he's In the, in the beginning, he's it. kind of, like, fighting the man, but Yeah, then he's, he's trying to do it just right, but yeah. then, like, you know, like, the greed takes over. Totally. And it's, like, that whole stuff where it's, like, you know. He gets just, legit scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, it doesn't matter that Peter Parker is a kid. He's just, like, Michael Keaton's character is scary as the villain. Mm-hmm. He's like an actual, I would be afraid of him. Yeah, and his suit's <laughs> creepy. His suit is crazy. And his burning yellow eyes. Yeah, and when he's not wearing the suit, that's even creepier. Yeah, when he's just like sitting in the car with him. Yeah. yeah. Some scary shit, man. He pulls the gun out. He's yeah, just he's like, just like it holding it on the armrest. Like, Jesus. It's really good because it kind of, you know, the streets of the Marvel universe has always been like a very big thing in the comics. Spider-Man has always been like a more 
friendly neighborhood character yeah uh and and i love i love seeing that in this movie where he's just like trying to find crime to to stop and mm -hmm. he's like giving an old lady directions and he's like you know the construction workers are like do a flip and he does it it's one of the best parts it's of like the movie. so good and it's uh he he's so uh, most of the street stuff that is present in the comic books they've pretty much uh thrown over to like the netflix Marvel oh, okay. stuff where like jessica jones the defenders and that everything makes like that so this is like one of those first ones where we get like you know he's like this little kid he's just getting started and he can't like play big with right. the big boys but that would be something that uh a young a super powered person would want to aspire to like totally i, I mean, want to be on the avengers he got that glimpse of it where he was helping out in civil war yeah got a little and taste he keeps waiting for that callback mm -hmm. it's like okay and um, there's great kid characters in this. Like, I like that he actually looks like a high school kid. Mm -hmm. Um, his friend, Ned, Jacob B Battalion, Battalion. I'm mm -hmm. not sure how to pronounce his last name. Yeah. Ned, the he wants to be the man in the chair. He wants mm -hmm. to be the guy in the chair. He's the best. The Oracle. Yep. He's awesome. Um, I like the kid from, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel playing Flash. Yeah. That's pretty that guy, funny. That guy's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, penis parker let's see what else uh and i like i like no frills zendaya being michelle aka mj mm -hmm. she's pretty awesome um so i'm excited to see her in a future spider-man movie yeah i like I mean, that even that in whatever you know incarnation they make her but i like it mm -hmm. i like that she's not super glamorous she's a little weird and she's kind of poking fun at him yeah, and that's you know uh, Mary Jane in the uh, in the comics is eventually a model, and Peter Parker is a teacher. Like that's like when they get married and they're adults. Like that's what they do. So it's if they're following in that line, like it would be like kind of like the ugly duckling kind of thing, where it's like Makes oh sense. she's in high school, she doesn't really care about anything, blah yeah. blah blah, and then like she can blossom and like, right. like they'll show up to, they'll go to prom in the next one and she'll show up and hopefully it'll, it'll be oh a, she'll have her ugly duckling it'll moment. be a walk down the she'll stairs she'll take her glasses off so moment. to speak yeah she's all that yeah, yeah that's, eh. that's what they'll do um oh yeah so one thing that I was excited to tell you about you might know this already but I didn't know this when I was um doing a little reading so you know how Spider-Man like essentially he gets Ned to tweak his suit and kind of like take the training wheels protocol off, right? Mm -hmm. And so now he's got his version of uh, Friday. Like Iron Man as Friday. I do know this. So you do know this. Mm -hmm. Ah, see, I was so excited to tell you. But Karen, his voice is actually Jennifer Connelly. Mm -hmm. Who's, who's married, married to Paul, Paul Bettany, Bettany, who's yeah. Vision. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty awesome. I found that out. I didn't recognize just, her voice right away. Just a couple weeks ago when I was like looking through stuff and I was like, oh shit, that's funny. Oh man, I was so excited about that. Yeah, it was that. when I was doing- I didn't uh, think you knew. When I was doing research <laughs> on um, The Incredible Hulk. Fair. Uh, for the episode I did with Jack, because I watched the the, oh. the old Hulk with you Jennifer Conley. You watched clips of, of her being like, this, this is real. Oh, from Beautiful Mind? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was looking at her IMDb page, and it was like, oh, she's in Spider-Man Homecoming. I was like, oh, yeah, nice. I thought that was pretty great. I mm -hmm. was like, oh, touche. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a, that's a a good piece of trivia to yeah. know. But uh, Tom Holland's awesome in this. I'm excited for another Spider-Man movie. And I'm also excited for him being in Infinity War. The one clip on a trailer that I saw that I liked was uh, Doctor Strange, like, and them and Peter introducing themselves to each other, and Peter being like, "I'm Peter," and him being like, "Oh, I'm Steve Doctor Stephen Strange," and mm -hmm. he's like, "Oh, we're using our pretend names." Then I'm Spider Man. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's, it's good stuff. Like, it's it almost feels like it writes itself because it's just you like the character so much, yeah. and you're like. 
these actors have like the delivery of these dial of these lines down and the writers and the creative yeah. crew and everything that's behind them are just like nailing these things yeah. time and time again. And it's and Marissa Tomei, even though she's only in it for like a t- hot second, mm-hmm. she's awesome as Aunt May. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she sells it. Like I love her helping him get ready to go to, to you know, the dance and helping him tie a tie and dancing with him and dropping him off for parties and like the end sequence of her finding out he's Spider-Man. And she's just like, what the? Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. It's pretty great. I like too that like uh, she doesn't know how to tie a tie, right? And they have to look it up on the internet, and that's kind of like a nod. I don't just judging on like uh, this Aunt May's age and her kind of laid back mentality and everything. Right. It looks like they're probably going more for Uncle Ben was kind of like more of like the hippie type dude that they did in the Ultimate Universe in the comics, who was cool. much more laid back. Uh, because he obviously, if he was laid back, he wouldn't wear a tie, so she would never know how to like tie a tie. Well, even I feel like, like they're doing that in like a slight way. I don't know. Even in like a more traditional sense, my growing up, my dad showed me how to tie a tie. My mm-hmm. mom didn't know how to do it. Well, right. It's kind of a weird phenomenon whether or not you learn to tie someone else's tie or not, or you do it on your own body. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, she never tied the tie for, for Uncle Ben. Uncle ben. Yeah. And that could be whether like, he just knew how to do it on his own or he just didn't wear ties. That it's more just thing. like a little, I know, little, little thing that I looked at and I was like, ah, okay, she's, maybe. she's got some pretty funny, funky style, which I think you were saying was maybe based on Uncle Ben, right? From, from the, the ultimate. Yeah. From the ultimate. She's universe. got some awesome giant glasses. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. a little more seventies. Yeah, she's laid back. She's yeah. she's 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 popping it pretty cool. And so we get uh, Spider Man proving himself, like even without the suit. Like we realize that he's got uh, the the person suit, Karen. Yeah, he names it Karen. Like it's like Friday, like and Jarvis like stand for things. Like yeah. there's, there's periods in between them. Friday does. Friday does. I just as well. assumed it was an allusion to his girl Friday because he does switch it to to a woman's voice. Maybe that's why he named it that, but like Maybe. it's in the in like the credits and stuff. It it does have like oh it it stands for something. It's oh, an abbreviation. Okay. But Karen is like the name that Peter comes up with. Yeah, he's like, hey, I can give you a name because right. he calls it like Suit Lady. At suit first. Lady. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the movie is just like a shit ton of fun. We rewatched it recently. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Like it just keeps going. Uh, the humor is just like completely leveled with uh, the amount of emotion that they're doing. Uh, it's great. Yeah, I think it does a good job of, um, you know, showing kids his age. Like, I like the idea of the debate team and there being other plots. I like that it's very, they do go to Washington, D.C., but um, it's a very New York movie. Like, mm-hmm. the Staten Island ferry scene is pretty epic. Um, and yeah, it's just like a lot of like cityscape and, and being his uh, uh, idea of like getting offered to be on the Avengers and get a new suit. But then he kind of is just like, no, I'm going to stay with the friendly neighborhood Mm Spider-Man. And then I kind of like the idea that he was like, this was a test, right? He has no idea that they were actually going to Yeah, it's really good too. Because Tony, because Tony's still like a little fucking kid too. Yeah. He's figuring his shit out as he goes along. Mm -hmm. He gets excited. But then we also get the reveal at the end of this that, uh, Pepper and Tony have uh, worked out their differences. Right, she's back. At least on the sense that they are, uh, you know, joking about getting married. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, I like John Favreau says, like, I've been carrying this around for 10 years. Yeah. Or it's eight years, I think, at that point, which would be eight years from when 2008, when Iron Man came out. Cool. It's pretty good. Yeah. 
You ready to to jump into the next guy? Yeah, let's jump on in. Uh, Love Spider-Man Homecoming. Definitely recommend it. Yeah, man. And if you want, you can read a really awesome article by one Bebe Robert Anderson. Ooh, good call. That's on our site, storyscreenbeacon.com. Uh-huh. It's a good review, a little Spider-Man retrospective. It's a good one. Covers all of them, including Spider-Man 3. So it's a good one. You Check o- it out. You owe it to him. He really took one for the team for yeah, that. Yeah, it's a good one, man. He worked hard. Speaking of which, have you seen that new Venom movie? Uh, the, trailer the trailer for that? I did. The new one that just came out? Yeah. I wish I hadn't. I liked the previous trailer better when I didn't see what Venom looked like. What the fuck is that movie? Yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't think it's real. I also think that uh, Tom Hardy's accent is is fucked. What is he doing? I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I almost would rather. I almost would rather he was using Bane voice. That that might be better. It's a uh, it's a very sad looking I, movie. I love I love me some no talking Tom Hardy in in. Uh, Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. I love that, but <laughs> I like his voice as Venom. <laughs> I guess because so. I think that's supposed to be him too. We're Venom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an oil spill. That's what Venom is. He's an oil spill. He's I thought you were saying Tom Hardy's performance in that the, movie uh, is an oil. Well, spill. it might be. Who knows? Well, I'll let you know when we see it. But he's the Exxon Valdez essentially. So. Yeah, somebody better fucking uh, stop that movie from coming out. Um, Michelle Williams is in it. Everybody, Jenny Slate's in it, and nobody told her how to pronounce the word uh, symbiote. Oh, yeah. Why is she pronouncing it like that? I don't know. She says it like three times, symbiote. Hmm. I guess you can pronounce it either way technically, but like that's not how you say it. That's not how you say it. That's not how you say it. Calmer than you are, dude. I watched that, and my jaw like hit the floor. All right, next up. All right, I want to talk about this movie. Yes. Fuck yeah. We got Thor uh, Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok came out in November 2017, directed by Taika Waititi. Can I can I go break in? Go. Can I can I just give a little plug to Mr. Taika Waititi? Yeah, please. Listeners at home, if you have not seen other movies by him, you need to check them out because they're awesome. Um his like first big movie boy is really great, takes place in New Zealand. He's in it. Uh What We Do in the Shadows, awesome fake documentary about vampires and werewolves and he's done a lot of writing for flight of the concords um and then (sighs) hunt for the wilder people do yourself a favor and go check that out there's some actors both kiwi and non-kiwi from that film that either are cameo or roles in thor ragnarok that are awesome but you'll really enjoy that as well so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun He's he's awesome. I was so psyched when I found out he was doing this movie. So yeah, yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People is a phenomenal yeah. movie. But yeah, getting back to Thor. Go for it, man. Thor Ragnarok <laughs> uh, rejoins uh, actual teen heartthrob Chris Hemsworth. Woo! With uh, I think this is his best Thor yet, by far. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, but totally, I mean, like yeah. his best version of the character, regardless well, of this lo- being the best Thor movie he's, by far. He's loosening up. Uh, his, Having fun. His eyebrows aren't dyed blonde. True. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. I never even thought about that. It's so silly. Um, uh, he's got a sweet new haircut. Sweet new haircut. This movie he lost is his just hammer. is doing all the types of fun that you would want like a Marvel movie to do, especially with a character as he's just talking, like inherently goofy yeah, as Thor. He's talking directly to the audience. Mm-hmm. I like it. 
No, he's not. Well, kind of. You think he is at in first, the beginning. but then you realize he's talking to a skeleton. Right. In the beginning, it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, a fun way into That it. was like the trailers were misleading of that. It was like, oh, it seemed like he was going to be like uh, talking to the camera, like Ferris Bueller style, totally. like breaking the fourth wall, but it's like revealed right at the beginning. It's like, yeah. oh, he's talking to a skeleton because <laughs> he's an idiot. It's got an awesome cast. Again, um, great cast. Like this with, is like, something that's going cameos. to keep happening with yeah. all the Marvel movies now because everybody wants to be a part of it to make that sweet Marvel cash. And also, like these movies look like they're so much fun to make. The color palette is crazy. Jack Kirby, like mm-hmm. fluorescent seventies rainbow awesomeness. It's got crazy music by Devo's Mark Mothersbaugh, who mm-hmm. done like a lot of music for a lot of Wes Anderson films too. Um, it's got some awesome characters in this one. Mark Ruffalo is a lot of fun as Hulk and Banner. What else? I love me some Tessa Thompson as the Valkyrie. She's my fave. Mm-hmm. She's like a really a lot of fun. She's got some good lines. She's fantastic. She's got great camaraderie with both her scene Thor when she first and shows with up. Banner. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's with great. her being drunk and like being like he's mine, and then like falling off mm-hmm. her own. Th- like, it's, it's awesome. Every time this movie like takes a step towards uh, like doing something insanely badass and just like fist pumping, it yeah. also throws in like some a nice silly. little joke to be like we're not taking ourselves too seriously. Aren't it's we great. having fun? It's yeah. really good. Jeff Goldblum is. Awesome. Gra- on the podcast, we call him Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum. Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. is phenomenal. He plays the, the Grandmaster. Grandmaster in this. It's where the nickname comes from. He's got some sweet characters that are in a lot of Taika Waititi's films, but now I'm going to space on his sort of like right-hand woman. She's, oh, yeah. she's in Hunt for the Wilder People. She's also a yep. boy. And she plays um, she plays the uh, the security guard, like the, the main guard next to uh, Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum's character. She's always kind of trash, trash talking Tessa Thompson's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of rivalry going on there. Um, and uh, we also have uh, uh, returning champ Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. Idris Elba. Hemdale. Her name is Rachel House. Oh, nice. She plays Topaz. Yes. There you go. And uh, let us not forget uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, and and just some sweet Loki action. Sweet Loki action, absolutely. Tom Hiddleston, per usual, not dialing it in. He's Kate, always good. Kate Blanchett as Hela, uh, first female villain right. in the MCU. Which I heard that when we were watching some like documentaries about uh, like behind the scenes stuff yeah. with the Red Rock, and they mentioned that, and I went, "Wait, that can't be right." One, two, three. Oh, no, that's oh, right. Oh, jeez. Like, that's right. That's pretty fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's pretty, she's pretty great. It's like 15 um, movies at this point. You've got a little Carl Urban oh. being comical but awesome as Scourge. My sweet, my, my sweet <laughs> darling doll. <laughs> With like showing off his things, his stuff. My stuff. <laughs> my yeah. stuff. He's phenomenal. Um, yeah, he's great. Like that's, I feel like <laughs> I keep like, saying. With the like shake weight. I love that. <laughs> I feel like I keep saying the words like fantastic and great and phenomenal and just like, because they really are like all well, of these things are meant to just be as much fun and as entertaining as they possibly can be. Yeah. And they pull it off left and right. Like there's a lot of humor in Marvel. I know you guys have talked about this in other podcasts, but like. And Guardians really takes it and runs with it. And now kind of having Taika Waititi, this is like a whole nother like silly, weird. Oh, this is a completely different yeah, realm. It's yeah. just like they're going for it. And I and I love it because I feel like, oh, man, I wish the, the previous Thor movies had been like this. But I also enjoy the fact that it's not. 
that this is sort of like our weird Thor Planet Hulk type movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fight scenes. It, it re- the humor in this really works too with the first two Thors kind of like you know the first Thor had like a lot of fun with itself yeah. it was a fish out of water kind of thing the second Thor kind of took itself a little seriously. bit too much seriously yeah. and I really feel like that that like did they dropped- learn from it well it's they obviously learned from it. Yeah. that's why they hired Taika Waititi and let right. him do whatever he wants but like Thor the Dark World kind of starts out like you know that's the setup and Thor Ragnarok is the punchline like okay. so you get like right. this is what Thor's supposed to be like in this grand like Shakespearean space opera kind of thing and then Thor Ragnarok totally really just brings it down it. Yeah. and pokes fun at all like, the Marvel stuff yeah I love that when Thor first gets back to his home, and then he sees this, like, dramatic reenactment of Loki's death because we know that Loki is being an imposter. He's he's hiding out as Odin. Mm-hmm. And I love the cameos with Sam Neill and Matt Damon and then um, Thor's brother in real life, Luke Helmsworth. No, Luke? Chris? It's the one of the other Helmsworths. I forget which one. It's not Luke or Chris. It's the other one. It's the, the guy from one. Westworld. Oh, you're right. It is the guy from Westworld. Chad. Chad. I totally forgot about it. I don't know what his name is. Yeah, but it's the other Helmsworth brother, and it's pretty great. Yeah. Just... I wish I, I should learn his name, too, because he's really good on Westworld, too. You know what? He is good on Westworld, and I'm going to look him up right David? now. David? Uh, give Luke, me a minute. Chris, uh, Alex, John, Jim, Roger, Dave, Michael, Diana Hemsworth. Let's just look up Westworld. It's got a nice ring to it. Diana Hemsworth? Mm. He's already married. <laughs> what does that mean? Are you looking up his name? I'm trying. It's taking longer than I thought. There's so many characters. Yeah, man. Chad? Oh, God. Did you look up the Thor Ragnarok one? I, I Why did. Why'd you look up Westworld? Well, because I couldn't find him right away. <laughs> um, no, I'm looking up Westworld. All right, we're just gonna look up brothers. Abel, Abel Hemsworth. Worth. Abel. Abel. I'm going with that. That's my final uh, answer. Liam. Oh, Luke. Fuck. No, his that. name is Luke. I was right, dude. Wait, no, Le- Luke. Liam is the younger one that's dating Miley Cyrus. Luke. Hemsworth. Luke is the one that's in this one. You know what? I wrote down these notes ahead of time, and I was right. So it is Luke. It's Luke. You got it. I just defer to you, because I always think that you know better. Liam's the silly one? Liam. Like the younger one? Is the Miley Cyrus one. He is... I thought he was Luke. Hunger Games. Liam is Hunger Games. Uh, He's a... He's not PETA. He's the other one. Liam's Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. Luke is Westworld in this one. Yeah. You got it. Well, I had it. I just doubted myself for a minute there. And Matt Damon. And Matt Damon wearing a sweet wig mm-hmm. as fake Loki. It's and pretty great. And Sam Neill. Sam Neill I love, and that's another reason to go watch Hunt for the Wilder People. He's awesome in that. So um, Sam Neill is like one of my my boys. He's one of my favorites <laughs> in the world. I, did you ever see uh, Merlin? I thought you were going to be like, did you ever see Jurassic Park? Is he in Jurassic Park? <laughs> oh, yeah. The first one? Yeah. First one. He is in that one, isn't uh, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was talking more of uh, like the uh, Merlin. <laughs> Merlin, totally in the mouth of madness. I haven't seen in the mouth of madness. <laughs> I love me some Sam Neill. He's so fucking kooky. Oh man, but uh, I love kind of our trio of Tessa Thompson, Mark Ruffalo, and and Thor. 
I love them. They're fantastic. They have great chemistry. The Revengers. The Revengers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forming a team. I love the idea of him not quite impressing either of them at first. You know, like I love that when Banner is still Hulk, he's he's like, yeah, you know, he's like Thor likes like puny smoldering fire and and Hulk likes big raging fire. Mm -hmm. Like he's like calling it like he sees it. Mm -hmm. And Tessa Thompson's character is, is, you know, kind of mockingly calling him your majesty. And not really re- respecting him and being like, whatever, I, I got that. Yeah, he's he's definitely getting yeah. kind of like... Uh, put in his place. Put in his place as like a kind of like, you know, he's very much... They, they kind of like bring up this idea of like Thor being like this alpha yeah. male in the same way that like Tony is or like Star-Lord is. Right. Like there are these guys that are like, that's why Steve Rogers is the best one because he's like the most powerful one. And he's like, yeah, yeah chill. Yeah. But I like I like the interactions. I like um He hasn't even had sex and he's just like he's <laughs> well, we don't out. we don't know that for I sure. I thought we came to that conclusion. Like that's what prostitute we prostitute sex. I don't know, maybe he did not have sex with a <laughs> prostitute. This doesn't make any sense. Back then they were called ladies. He of wouldn't the night do that. Steve Rogers, even skinny one, would not do that. He'd be like, Oh no, Bucky, you know, I don't think that's Well, for me. I mean Becky Bucky probably paid her off. To say that she wasn't. I don't think Bucky would do that to Steve either. Uh, maybe. These are things that I'm dealing with from what I know. For, this is a big stretch. <laughs> this is a gigantic stretch. Because I was having an argument with that with I the almost, fact that I almost snorted some beer. Just I now. was having an argument with the fact that he had <laughs> sex with Peggy, and I'm like, that's a no. Yeah, no. This one's that's even a no. This one's even more intense. You're telling me that he's fucking around with prostitutes? No, so not prostitutes think, plural. Just possibly a prostitute. The same prostitute. Over and over again? No, I didn't say that. Wait, what? Do you, what? So he had sex once with a prostitute. Probably. But he didn't know it was a prostitute. If you're saying it's pre-serum, puny, scrawny Steve, then I'm going to say, yeah, probably one time with a prostitute. Or a drunk lady that was a friend of Bucky's. That could be a passable second option. But I want to talk about Thor more. Yeah, the lighting in Thor is actually really good because Taika Waititi is just like, he really knows where to put the camera. He really knows how to light some shit. Can we talk about Mark Ruffalo? Who does he play? Oh, come on. (laughs) Does he play the prostitute? Uh, Mark Ruffalo is fantastic in this. And he's 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 able to like let loose. He's having fun finally. He's not so sad and conflicted for once, which is refreshing. I have to. I have to mention that, like, we get a little bit of Planet Hulk just just so I can have my little geek cred in there. Yeah, of course. Like that's everybody knows that. No, but it's fun. It's awesome. And that's where we get. um, So he's in his element on the trash planet. Shoulder pad. Yeah. (laughs) Shoulder pad. That's shoulder pad. That's that's Planet Hulk. (laughs) He's just a shoulder pad. (laughs) He's in a gladiator arena and he's fighting a bunch of things. Uh, and he has to. We fight. also get awesome Taika Waititi as Korg, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. <laughs> which is I, a lot of fun. I heard somebody talk like Korg uh, the other day, like while I was walking down the street. Were you watching Flight of the Conchords? Because no, 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 it was just like same. somebody like on the other side of the street was talking, and their voice was familiar. Yeah. And I looked over as if I knew them, but I was like a person I never met. And I was like, man, who did I think that they were? And I was going through my head like, who Piss talks off, like ghost? That? Yeah, and it's just like. Oh, we no rocks yet. Yeah. And, mm, I don't. Oh, yeah. Mm. I ran out of pamphlets. <laughs> it's so he, good. He got beaten by paper. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Paper beats rock. Yep. This is a funny goddamn movie. It's a good movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, what are the words? Fantastic, phenomenal, yeah. great. They band together. I love, uh, you know, the whole like, oh, I think I know you, blah, 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 between him and Valkyrie. And at, at the end, he's like, don't worry. I'm going to take care of this. 
jumps out of the spaceship and then he just fucking lands on the Bifrost base planet. Which I have a theory about this too. There's a there is a uh, hidden like uh, there's like a legend of a deleted scene from oh, really? Age of Ultron where Joss Whedon was like he wanted to do something with the Hulk that was going to be that a banner big, doesn't actually turn into him. that was going to be a big moment and that everybody was going to love it, but it didn't fit right into it, so they never shot it. And they were like, well, do you want us to tell people what it is, like in interviews? And he's like, no, save it. You guys can use that later on in another Hulk movie. Huh. And so it could be this one. It seems like what they were talking about was something more of like a fist pump moment. Huh. But it definitely kind of leads with like Age of Ultron when she put, when Black Widow pushes him and like, I need the big guy. You know, she could push him and he falls and he sure. could just like, boof. And she could be like, right. oh no, what did I do? And then he yeah. has a... No, I, I kind of, uh, I like the, com- I like the... I mean, he doesn't spend a ton of time freaking out, but I like I like when he's like first back as Banner, and and his interactions with Thor and Thor's you know like trying to calm him down using the same lingo that that Black Widow was using, and uh, he's supposedly wearing Tony Stark's clothes, and he's just like fiddling with his pants, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "His his pants are too tight. Tony wears his pants too tight." He's just kind of spazzing out, and there's all these people with awesome paper mache signs and things like that that look like Hulk. You, you it's do, a lot of fun. You get that joke, right? Yeah. That Tony Stark's pants are too tight? Yeah. Because his pants are usually pretty loose? Because he turns into the Hulk? Yep. Yeah. Gotcha, people. That's why the pants always stay on. Because he wears his pants loose. <laughs> it's always been an easy thing. He just Because he wears jeggings? He wears big pants <laughs> with, a, with a tight belt in case it happens. Oh, boy. Mystery solved. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. It's a big waist. So, it's a it's a fifty-nine waist with <laughs> with a with a thirty-two. The belt is cinched real tight. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and he just like ties it real tight. So we get our awesome fight scene. We get yet again Thor and Loki kind of fighting and then kind of coming together. And then fighting again. And then fighting again. And coming coming together. together. And I like that. You know, it works. I like their... That's their relationship. (laughs) I love... My favorite part of this movie is when he's... When uh, Loki is tied up and Thor is like telling Valkyrie and and Banner like, yeah, this one time he turned into a snake and he knows I love snakes. That's the best. It's the best. It's the best part of it. Then he turned back into himself and he went, ah! We we say it like randomly like, oh, that's the best part. That's the best part. That, that, that one is joke really... is like the best part of the movie. Yeah, when I, I saw that in the, theater, in the theater, I like yeah. died laughing. It was so good. And the movie's just like, yeah. it's got a lot of heart. It's, uh, it wants to make you laugh and it's very good at doing that. Right. And then it, it still has kind of this like awesome, like you said, it's got heart. It's got the message of like Asgard is not a place. It's a people. Yeah. He, he's, I mean, he's also dealing with like, you know, the idea of like, uh, lost his dad. Taika Waititi is like, and are dealing with like the idea of like, uh, colonialism and stuff like right. that. And they're like separation. Like they're, they're, they're dealing with pretty heavy topics in just like this kind of pulpy fun way. Sure. You know, yeah. and that's They like, lose their homeland. Mm-hmm. They're getting forced out. Mm-hmm. And also to like, you know, they, they conquered and like, kind of like rewrote history as if like Odin has always been like this great protector when right. actually he it was a lot more violent. He didn't just like rule the nine realms. He overtook them. Sure. And colonized them essentially. And like, like just went around and like, 
we saw this story of like fought Hella everybody getting and beat everybody, murder, murdered uh, God knows how many, right? And then tried to rewrite history in the fact that he's like this peaceful protector, and totally. Hella kind of shows up as like, no, 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 like this is like the shit that went down, right? And you but can she tell wants credit, yeah. Also, where credits too, do. I uh, noticed this the other day. Somebody brought this up to me um, in Age of Ultron when Thor has the flashback or the the, the vision <laughs> of uh, talking yeah. to Idris Elba. Hemdall. Hemdall calls him, um, he doesn't call him uh, Odin firstborn. He says first son of Odin. Oh. Mm. Hemdall knows what's up. Yeah, yeah, he totally knows. He knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty, that, I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, that, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Sowing the seeds. Yeah. Uh, what else we got in Thor Ragnarok? You I said mean, the music's awesome, yeah. which it is. The music is great. All the sweet synthesizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Grandmaster Jeff oh, Goldblum. Oh, the Thor loses his eye. Oh, yeah. He's got, a, he's got a snappy new haircut, no hammer, and one less eye. And one less eye. And he is king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is funny, too, in all the promotional like pictures for Infinity War leading up to before Thor Ragnarok was coming out. They didn't out, show the... It, it, they showed the side view? The side view. Oh. And in the trailers and stuff, like all the scenes that take place when he doesn't, when he doesn't have the eye, like they just put the eye in. They did. There's the scene where, like, I he, didn't even notice when that. he like goes down, and his eyes are electric when he's gonna fight her on the bridge. Oh right. They put both of them in there real quick, even though like he's missing one and it's just one in the actual movie. Wait, but but I think both his eyes are still electric even after he loses the eye. Okay. I think they are because at that point it's just like the socket. I don't know. It's weird. Luke. Hemsworth. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Could be right. I'm pretty sure it's not. God I don't know. God damn it. Know. We'll double check on that and we'll leave it in the comments if uh, who, who was right on that. Uh, anything else on Ragnarok before we move on to the, I'm good. the next big boy? I'm good, man. All right. So then Panther. a couple months later in February 2018, this year of this recording, Black Panther hit directed by your boy. Ryan Coogler. Check out Mike's article on Ryan Coogler. Also, our very good read, storyscreenbeacon.com. It's a little bit better than Robbie. No, wait. I, I, meant, I meant to say that the other We're not way. allowed to say, to say that, that on air. Way. Robbie's is better than mine. Hush, baby, baby. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, so Black Panther gets his own movie. It's fucking good. It's a great movie. It's a fucking banger of a movie. It's a great the, the movie. The movie is just like, fuck yeah. Uh... Another another like murderers row. I guess I'm gonna of actors in this. I guess I'm gonna retract my earlier statement where I said Michael Keaton might be like the most empathetic villain. I'm gonna go with Michael B. Jordan on this one. I like Michael B. Jordan in this as Killmonger, but I would say that Vulture's a little bit more empathetic because Killmonger's like a fucking asshole. Like what he's trying to do. Yeah. Totally understand how he's going about it. He's being a little bit of a dick about okay, it. Okay, so how he's going about it. Yeah. But that's always Vulture's the argument. stealing from like people that have a shit ton of money and they're not even going to use the things that he's stealing. Right. You know, like at the end of the day, he's selling weapons he's to people. He's arming like, bad exactly. people. Exactly. He's a yeah. bad guy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's not trying to like essentially commit some form of genocide. All right, that's fair. You know, which, fair. you know, like I, 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 and I talk about that in my article yeah. about Black Panther too. It's like Killmonger is fucking badass bad He's guy. He's awesome. Michael B. Jordan is super charming and that's a lot where like why the character is so engaging. Well, it's also a lot more understandable for somebody that grew up 
in Oakland, fatherless, like got this opportunity of being part of Wakanda taken away. He got abandoned. Mm-hmm. Like you, the the motivation is understandable. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, there are, just as Thor Ragnarok is kind of dealing with, uh, you know, colonization issues and stuff like that, Black Panther very obviously is dealing with... um, Like ideas of isolationism. Isolationism. Whether or not to be part of the world or protect your home. Colonizing as well. Totally. All of these different things of like what people are supposed to be being raised in a certain part of the world and what they're... I mean, in this day and age, it's definitely a commentary on America first. In my mind, it's like... Do you protect everyone at home or do you try and like share what you have and try and help other people or not? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, which if you want a real good crash course in that and also watch a really goddamn good movie, you should watch uh, It Comes at Night from last year, which is oh. all about that. I finally saw that. It is very good. It's very good movie. Yeah. Um, really so we've got. So we've got an awesome cast. We've got new characters to Lupita, the Marvel Lupita Cinematic Nyong'o. Universe. Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o. we got Letitia Wright. We've got, uh, I'm going to say her name wrong, Danae, Danae Guerrera. Uh, Danae Guerrera, yep. From uh, Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Letitia Wright's my fave. She's awesome as little sister Shuri. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. we got Angela um, Bassett. Angela Bassett is the mom. And we got Sterling Dan K. Brown. Nikaluya. Yep, yep. He ain't getting out. Yep. He's in. <laughs> he ain't getting out <laughs> anytime soon. Nice. He's everywhere. Um, and we have our uh, our one whitey, our hobbit, Martin Freeman. The to- uh, the the token, the two whiteys. The token Tolkien. The token. Oh no! I mean, we are. Yeah, we have yeah. our bad guy. We have Claw. Yeah, we got Claw, uh, played by Andy Serkis. Love him. Motion capturing with the best hair. Uh, a human being with the that best, looks like Andy Serkis with the best scary Smeagol laugh. Mm-hmm. He's great. It's awesome. It's actually his, uh, the prosthetic hand that he has mm-hmm. in that. Is mocap? Is mocap Andy Circus? <laughs> is his real hand. W- wore like a blue on his arm okay. and like mocap like the movements of like what it would be doing. Andy Circus is a very like uh, popular uh, m- motion capture. Oh, thank you. I didn't know. Uh, that. Actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was just like, you know, because I was oh, saying yeah. that about his hand and you yeah. were like, well, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. And so he did that and. Uh, <laughs> He also plays the role of Martin Freeman <laughs> in the movie, uh, who plays, what's that guy? He also what's plays the name? role of the rhinoceros. He's the rhinoceros. <laughs> he plays the uh, the water that the Black Panther uh, fights the in at the okay. waterfall. He plays yeah. the waterfall. Yeah. He's a very talented mocap uh, actor. Uh, the movie is... It's great. What are the words again? Phenomenal, great, fantastic, extraordinary. It's everything that we goddamn need. The movie is still like... Infinity War is coming out tomorrow. This movie is still making all of the money. Oh, yeah. It's Black still Panther in like has every surpassed theater. Titanic. It's like... This movie has yeah. been out since February 16th. We're recording this on April 25th. It yeah. still has multiple screenings a day. In every theater and around I mean, us. Uh, so there's a hot take about it, right? We Robbie and, and Jack did a hot take on it. They did, yeah. It's a um, very good episode. You, you can listen look, to You can it. check that out uh, on our podcast for a more in-depth episode. But I mean, Robbie and Jack actually did also did a Thor Ragnarok, a Spider-Man Homecoming, and a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 hot take. Oh, very nice. That was, they got all that stuff from last year. But, uh, I mean, like the big takeaways, you know, having people of color, having strong female leads having awesome direction, having awesome music. The story is very, like, this could be a standalone without being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is a great story. But 
it's awesome that it does connect to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I'm excited to see Black Panther in Avengers Infinity War. Plus, we also get the kind of tie-ins of Bucky, Winter Soldier, waking up from his freeze stupor oh, yeah, like at the, the end. Oh, yeah, in the post-credits, though. Um, that obviously Shuri and, and other people have been helping him get unbrainwashed, mm-hmm. however, whatever the technical term for the, that is. The White Wolf. Yeah, he's becoming the White Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else do you want to say about this? Uh, I had a really bad joke that I wasn't going to say, but now I've had enough beers, I'm going to say it. Uh, after Black Panther, they should change the MCU to the WCU. Oh, okay. The woke cinematic universe. The woke cinematic. It's a bad joke. That's why I wasn't going to say it. Uh, no, the, on, what you said, like the, what this <laughs> what this movie does for um, black s- representation it's and got for a black audiences. Cast man. Dude, I was talking to people at the theater when I went to go see this for the second time. They're like, they haven't seen any of the other Marvel movies. Yeah. People are talking at the end after the the Bucky thing, and they're just like, "Who's that?" Right. Because they don't know, because they're like, why would I want to go see any of these other movies? Like, they don't interest me, but I'm going to go see Black Panther. But maybe now some of those people will want to go see Infinity War, knowing that Black Panther's going to be in it, which is cool. It makes no sense that it took this long for big budget distribution and production companies to go like, oh, this is what we do to make more of the money. Yeah. And it's and now they're doing it, and now they're just like slapping themselves silly. And the same thing happened last year with Wonder Woman, where they're just like, "Why? Well, like, oh, what are we?" Right. And because the, they always use the excuse, they're like, "Well, you know, we tried Catwoman with Halle Berry and Blade with Wesley Snipes. They didn't really make that much money." And I was like, "That shit was like twenty years ago. Like, this is like right. a new. It's a new game now, dog." Also, and Ryan Coogler like, is fucking awesome. He does a fantastic job. Ryan Coogler's one of so. the best directors working out there yeah. today, and I, I don't want him to do Black Panther two. No, I don't. Okay, I want somebody else to get it to do it because I want Ryan Coogler to go do something else. Because I mean, Creed is absolutely amazing, and Creed two is going to be helmed by another black director. So like they're well, getting handed the keys to the kingdom. To be I able mean, to the argument themselves. for that is that he created this awesome universe and take on the Black Panther story. Somebody else should be able to continue that at the same level. I think so. Like, why not? We've absolutely. had all these other Marvel movies that are different directors. Why right. not? Don't get me wrong. If Ryan Coogler comes back to do Black Panther 2, I'm all for it. Yeah. It's going to be a great movie. Uh, but I think this is like the perfect opportunity to give another black filmmaker, fuck it, give it to a black woman and have her direct it because the movie is also going to make all of the money again in a couple yeah. years. And now that person is set to be able to make whatever movies they want for the next 10 years, just like Ryan Coogler is now. Yeah. Spread the wealth a little bit. But also at the same time, we might not be there just yet. They might be like, well, let's see if this works a second time. Like maybe this was a fluke, which it's not. But like. Yeah. But like. I'm cool either way. The experience of this movie, especially like going to see it a second time, you know, people were dressed up. People are making the Wakanda forever symbols like people are, are excited about it. You know, like, they're actually pretty pumped. I like the idea that a shitload of girls were excited to see this movie. Because there's just a fucking load of badass lady characters in it. Tons. You know, like, uh, Black Panther's pretty much guard is all women. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's still a male, like, army as well. 
led by Daniel Kaluuya. But yeah, but his like, like personal bodyguards. His personal bodyguards are mm-hmm. all women. His general is a woman. Like it's it's pretty awesome. His sister is probably just as smart as Tony Stark. You know, like if not smarter. Yeah, if not smarter. I mean, uh, from that clip that we saw from Infinity War, it's kind of already been proven that she's smarter than Tony and Bruce. Probably, but also like technology that they have to them using vibranium is not something best. that everybody. She's the absolute best. What are those? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's so good. And interviews with her on shows, like she's awesome. DJ, so, DJ yeah. Underbite. Oh man, I love her. She's great. So I'm excited. To see more of all of those characters. And they're coming right back in Infinity War 2, which I'm super stoked about. You ready to move into that? Should I mean, yeah, this is it? a good enough time. Let's, uh, you know, so now we've we've gone over phase three. So now we're going to spend like a, uh, the next little bit talk talking that Infinity War, things that we're talking, things that we're looking forward to, things yeah. that, uh, where people are at. Where people are at. Where things are at. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know got? stuff. You got this thing all set up over here, so you 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 take it. All right, man. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, directed by the Russo brothers. It's got a lot of the same writers as Captain America, First Avenger, Civil War, Winter Soldier. And uh, it's got a huge fucking cast of everybody. A lot of people are in this movie. Uh, new people. Well, not so new. We've got Josh Brolin as Thanos, as our big villain. And I saw, I probably shouldn't look at IMDb, but I do. And I saw that Peter Dinklage is listed on there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, who the fuck is Peter Dinklage going to be? He's like uh, uncredited too. Like, oh, we don't know who yeah. he's playing. And yeah. I'm like, wait, you're an X-Men already. But oh, okay. This different, is cool. Yeah, different, it's different. different. Mm-hmm. It's different. Um, whoop. Sorry. No. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I thought I had some questions that I thought I'd like to know your thoughts on. Okay. But I also thought maybe we could talk about where are the stones, aka the gems. Okay. And uh, you you mentioned maybe talking about where are all the Avengers leading up to this movie. Yeah, where's everybody at uh, physically and, and uh, mentally, maybe like yeah, yeah thematically, yeah, mm-hmm. where are they at? So for the stones, um, I did a little recall from rewatching all of these. So we've got the Mind Stone, mm-hmm. still in Vision's noggin. Yep. We've got the Time Stone, the green one, mm-hmm. around Doctor Strange's neck. Yeah, the which is... The Eye of Agamotto. That's being held at his uh, Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah, his mm-hmm. New York office on mm-hmm. Bleecker Street. Which we see in the trailers, like, uh, they're, 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 oh, coming, yeah. they're coming to New York already. Oh, and, and I know we kind of, like, really quick brushed over it, but, like, I love, <laughs> I love the, like, snippets of him and Thor, with, like, Thor coming into his... His center with the the hammer disguised as an umbrella, and then like leaving oh, in it. Ragnarok, yeah, yeah, and like in Ragnarok, and like him like getting like drinking the beer, the refilling beer stein, and mm-hmm. everything, getting sloshed around and breaking all of his shit. Yeah, uh, it's pretty great. Doctor Strange is the perfect character to add into all these guys, and Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, that scene might even be better than the actual Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's utilizing his character better. Mm. Um, so we've got the Power Stone, which correct me. If I'm wrong, it was with Novacore. It's still at Novacore, yeah. As far as we know. Which I believe is probably going to be the opening of Infinity War because right. we see that he already has, has the Power it. Stone. Yep. Right. And then the Space Stone, a.k.a. the Tesseract, end of Thor Ragnarok, we kind of see Loki, like, pause floating by it mm-hmm. when he's going to put the crazy crown in the Eternal Flame. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see in the trailer <clears throat> that he's, like, offering it. 
Right. And uh, that's my whole thing. Everybody's talking about, like, when they're talking about Infinity War, they're like, who's going to die? And oh. I honestly believe that they're going to kill Loki off right in the beginning of the movie. I don't movie. want Loki to die. That Loki's going to offer the Tesseract to him, you know, like, le- like leave a- our people alone, leave the Asgardians alone. And mm. and I think that's where the line that from the trailer, uh, uh, one doesn't consider uh, fun when balancing the universe, but mm. this does bring a smile to my face kind of thing because Loki, Thanos hired him and gave him the mind stone to go get the Tesseract and he failed him. And so right. he lost the only stone that he already had. And so, and I think that he's going to kill Loki right in front of Thor. And Ugh. that's why Thor is kind of all bent out of shape throughout the movie. And and huh. the movie is going to be Thor trying to like build a new hammer, essentially from okay. like a dying star kind all of thing. Right. We've seen that shot of like, the circle in him, like pulling like these things and stuff. So yeah. I think him, Rocket, and Groot are gonna go out and try and form a new hammer to be able to fight Thanos. Wow, you're just like spitting out theories right now. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. as we go down them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's. Uh, I I think that that we know that he has the Power Stone and the Space Stone right. uh, in his gauntlet already by the time. And he then gets to Earth. Uh, the Collector has the Reality Stone. The Collector has the Reality Stone, and Benicio del Toro is is in the movie. Right. So we will see. And we don't know where the soul stone is, the orange. We don't know where the soul stone is, no. And it's also very possible in the same way that in the Ragnarok trailers, like they kind of hid through CGI and stuff that he loses an eye. And in the trailer for Infinity War, we see Thor like, you know, throw his arm up and like electricity and stuff, but there's nothing in his arm. But you can see like, oh, they've removed something probably. Yeah. I mean, that's possible, but he's also able to now like, Absolutely, call yeah. forth some... It's just the way he's holding his <laughs> hand of up. thunder. Yeah, yep. he can call it forth without, without um, it. So it's very possible that in all of the scenes that we've been shown in the trailers that he has more than just those two when he shows up because they can easily CGI that out to yeah, not reveal. That's true. Uh, so, But also, like again, the things that we've been shown in the trailer have been very sparse. True. We've pretty much been shown just about like three basic set pieces yeah. besides like, you know, uh, stuff that takes place on the Guardian ship. We were shown Wakanda. We were shown the streets of New York and like an attack there. And we're, and we're shown Thor obviously like possibly injured or knocked out on like showing up on the Guardian ship. On the ship. Milano, yeah. Yeah, being mm-hmm. like, who the hell are you guys? So he's obviously already separated from his own people and his own ship that right. he was on at the end of the And Ragnarok. this is what leads me to believe that they kill Loki and then they just like, they think that they killed Thor. Ugh. And he's just like floating out in space and the Guardians find him. I guess we'll see. We will yeah. see. I mean, that's a good way to like kick it off and make Thanos the big bad. You that's kill true, one of everybody's favorite characters. he's not going to immediately show up on Earth either. Loki's a good one too because everybody's looking at like, who are they going to kill? Captain America? Iron Man? So yeah. Thor? Like this so is like this, the one this, that would hit you from the side. This is one of my questions. Like, who do you think they're going to kill off? Which you've already said, Loki. Uh-huh. Um, I don't necessarily think that they'll kill off Iron Man. There's been some speculation about that. Yeah, not yet. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think they would potentially kill off Captain America. Mm-hmm. Because could. that has the most, you know, comic backstory of somebody else taking up the mantle of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And it would make sense, like, if he went up against Thanos, like we saw in the trailer. Right. That he would give his life to, like, 
protect hold his out for like one more moment to like yeah. maybe try and even like maybe that entire front of them like running to meet them head on to fight them is supposed to be a diversion to try and get the soul gem out of Wakanda if it is there. Maybe. And he would sacrifice himself to be able to do that. I've also thought that perhaps he's he's uh the Cap- Captain America has eaten some of like the flowers that uh oh in Wakanda that that are uh, but are there any more because Killmonger burned them I all. think they said that they were able to like regrow them and stuff mm-hmm. like that I think they said something like Hopefully. that and uh the idea is that like the soul gem might be in like the asteroid that hit that like carried the vibranium and stuff like that and that's what what gives like that its power which is why huh. like when he eats the flower you can go to like the spectral plane and like talk to people that are deceased so maybe that's how captain america is able to like hold back thanos's hand a little bit huh. is because he's got both the super soldier serum his own virtuous strength and also like a little bit of this soul gem power in him so Could what about be. what about vision cuz i feel like the trailers have shown that they're going to use, like, the scepter or something to try and take the Mind mm-hmm. Stone out. Yeah, we definitely see in the trailers Vision get to survive Vision's, without the Mind Stone? We don't know yet. We like, don't know if that's we a possibility. We don't know if, it's, if, it, if, it, if that's, like, the source of his, like, power. Yeah. Or if he would remain afterwards. We'll right. find out. Um, we definitely see Vision and Doctor Strange in positions of, like... Oh, they're oh, fucked. Shit. Yeah, yeah they're coming for both you. Both of them are in control of... Uh, in possession of one of the stones. Right. So... And then part of me thinks, like, whereas you're thinking Loki as a sideways kind of death, I'm kind of thinking, like, I feel like they might potentially kill off Nebula. Because she's been, like, one of the most adamant proponents of, like, wanting to kill Thanos. And she's just sort of rekindled this, like, family relationship with Gamora. And I feel like she's going to show up at some point to try and kill Thanos, and maybe that's not going to play out, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's... I uh, mean, but having, I... Having Gamora and Nebula being the other two, But you like, did children, say that she's got more movies lined up, Karen Gillan? I don't believe any of the things that they say. Yeah. That's the whole thing, like uh, uh, Chris Evans saying, like, he's not going to be in any movies after Avengers 4. It's very possible that I mean, Avengers 3 is his last one. He's been doing this a long fucking time. Yeah. I don't think he wants to do it anymore. Well, no, I'm saying, like, it's possible that he could even die in this one, and he's saying that to psych oh. everybody out, and he could just have, like, a cameo in 4 for a something. flashback. Yeah, who knows. A spirit world. Especially if he ingests something with a soul gem, like, he'd be able to be visited by somebody later on. Interesting. You know? Interesting. All right, so my who who do you think is going to die was my big one. But then my other one is like, now that we have Guardians showing up, we have all these people, we have Wakanda coming into play. Who are you excited to see interact in this new Infinity War movie? I can't wait to see uh, uh, Sam and uh, Bucky talking. Sam and Bucky again. Totally, yeah. yeah. I want to see them talking. Some talk Sam again. and Bucky banter. I There's like a few, like we've kind of, we watched a clip where we already saw Shuri interacting with, like, Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the idea of of Tony Stark interacting both with Rocket because they're so alike in some ways. I don't think they're going to. They though. probably the won't, I'm saying, but I'm yeah. just saying in my wish list dream world. Cool, cool, cool. But also Iron Man and Doctor Strange interacting because I think that yep. those actors would probably have a good time together. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're going to see a lot of T'Challa and, and Captain America working mm-hmm. together. I think they're um, going to be pretty bros. They're going to be bro-y. And 
I, another one that I thought would be kind of fun. I think it would be pretty cool to see Star Lord interact with with Spider Man. Yeah, and we're definitely going to see that yeah. because that's more of like there's someone that would be kind of not like Star Lord's a kid, but in in the way of like remembering Earth as a child. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be a little bit more like he could be a cool bigger bro to Peter Parker. Yeah, but Peter Parker still has powers. I think that's very much like the idea they're putting t- forward is like you know Tony Stark is the father figure to yeah. Spider Man, and now and I think that they're going to put Star Lord as kind of like this bigger brother kind. I think of that'd thing. be pretty fun to see them interact. Also, but, too, very know, very very obvious one that I cannot wait to see is to see Bruce Banner and oh Black Widow, Black Widow? talk. Yeah, I guess. I don't care. I don't know. I'm invested in that. I want to see where that goes. I yeah. want to see what they do. I don't know. I Like I said before, to me, that seemed a little more forced, but I get it. I get it. We'll see it. Mm-hmm. We'll see that. Um, I kind of, like, if if Thor is separated from his ship and all his people, I'm kind of like, oh, shit, does that mean no Loki, no Valkyrie in Avengers Infinity War? But we do see Loki in the trailer a little bit. At one part. At one part. I think it would be pretty cool <clears throat> to have uh, Valkyrie interact because then it would be kind of cool to have not necessarily like a competing love interest for Bruce Banner, but like another lady interacting with Bruce Banner that's not Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's not from Black what Widow, I can I see mean, from the trailers, it looks like, you know, Bruce Banner and Thor and Loki and Valkyrie are on the ship that gets stopped by... Thanos' ship at the sure. end of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And we see the Hulk falls from the sky and crashes into the uh, into Doctor Strange Santorum. Uh, and Thor wakes up on the Guardian ship and we just see Loki offering something. Right. Offering the Tesseract up to uh, and we see someone. The, and like the trailer shows Bruce Banner, um, Benedict Wong, Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Strange and Tony Stark. Yep. Like, they're all, like, meeting up. And they're all right there. And then we've got Thor meeting up with the Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. And then we've got kind of, like, Bucky and Captain America over in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And is Hulk over in Wakanda, too? It kind of looks like he is at yeah, one Yeah, I think they're going to eventually bring him yeah. over there. Okay. Yep. And I think that that's uh, because he's going to go over to see Black Widow. Right. Because she's going to be, she would be she's in hiding. hiding out with mm-hmm. Captain America. And this is the other thing, you know, because we're in talking about this, we're kind of talking about where people are at and everything. Yeah. And so one of the big things with the uh, trailers. <laughs> Where's is, Hawkeye? Is Hawkeye and Ant-Man <laughs> yeah. are nowhere to be found in a lot of these things. And okay. And Hawkeye and Ant-Man were part of the crew that he, that Captain America saved from the raft at the end of Civil War. Right. And so I really feel like they're saving that where, like, Hawkeye is going to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp. And uh, they're, they're going to be off on, like, some other thing that might be taking place during Infinity War. Okay. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. They ain't killing him. No, I don't think they're killing him. Not doing it. No, he's in Avengers 4. They're not killing him. They're not doing it. No. But, uh, yeah. All right, man. What are you, what are you excited about? You're seeing this goddamn movie tomorrow. I can't, I can't believe it's here already. It's crazy, man. It's here. Like it's- I've, also, I've also seen some clips where I think it's really cool to see, like, Scarlet Witch. And now I'm spacing out on her character name. Uh, Denai Guerrero's character from Black Panther. Like, there's just, like, some, like, Wakanda crossover of the like, kick, oh, yeah. kick butt lady action. They're going to be bringing some um, motherfuckers in there. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. I'm excited. Yeah, it's... Uh, I can't wait. 
it's it's we're going to be watching this movie in less than 24 hours from the time of this recording right here and we're posting this up uh that like we're posting this up first thing tomorrow morning as well so people listening to this right now if you're listening to it on the day of like we uh, we hope that this helped you get excited uh when you go see it like uh hit us up uh you can find us on instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon engage with us you can also go to storyscreenbeacon.com and check out a bunch of reviews and articles and other podcasts catch the rest of this series yeah. and stuff if you're looking for something to do comment hit us up in the comments if the you know we're gonna do a hot take with jack and robbie on this movie so if you like it don't like it you want to hear more discussion about certain things let us know and we also just uh uh, updated the the website so it's got like a nice uh, little clean looking upgrade going on there and we have at the bottom of every uh, page is a uh, new discuss d-i-s-q-u-s uh, comment thread you can go on down there and you can sign up real quick just by entering in a username and a password and it'll log you in permanently and you can have open discussion with all the other people that talk to us on our website and stuff over there talk to us on instagram you can get us at twitter at story underscore screen and uh yeah get in touch with us tell us how excited you are about infinity war when you go see it hit us up about that we want to be talking about it uh so we're doing infinity war hot takes tomorrow that'll be going up this weekend and then uh, we have one more episode in the series afterwards uh, uh next week we're going to be doing an episode another overdrinkers episode uh bernadette gorman white is going to be joining me to talk about ant-man at a little bit more Fuller extent and Edgar Wright's involvement in that. She's been studying that for a little bit. So we're going to be able to break into that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, Diana, thank you so much. Thanks, man. We did it. Yeah. I'm excited. We we definitely crushed like over six hours worth of... uh, Six hours worth of like. I've been watching a lot time. of Marvel, man. Yeah, so. I'm pretty. I'm pretty uh, happy to just start watching some new movies that are yeah, coming out. Yeah, gonna this see year. this movie tomorrow, and then I'm gonna watch some other genres. We're gonna break back into Everwood after this. Well, that's one of my faves. Oh, but I've seen that already. Everwood. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I can't wait. Little Emily Van Camp on the early years. Mm. So yeah, man. Uh, guys, thanks again so much for listening. Thank uh, you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, big thanks out there to our boy Von Holt, Colin Chain, for making all the music for us in all of our episodes, which some of you are about to hear in just a little bit. Yeah, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. You can if find you him on SoundCloud. Already. He's under Von Holt. Uh, and uh, that's it. Yeah, man. We did it. All right. Have yourself a fun time, and we hope you guys. Enjoy Infinity War just as much as we do. We'll see you soon. Because we're probably really going to like it. Yeah. Bye. Bye. This is what you should have on air more than drinks. Chewing gummies? Candy. Candy. Candy's good. I ain't gonna do.